Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. This is the Cork Today replay on C103. As we get through the, the hump of the week, hoping we find each and every one of you in good form. Our lines are open at 1850-333-103. Texts and WhatsApps already starting to come into us at 0862-103-103. And I can already see a number of people are welcoming the news that the Gardaí have been given powers that they hadn't originally had and the Gardaí are warning the public to stay at home for this Easter weekend. What can happen now is you'll run the risk of being turned back at nationwide checkpoints. There's been mounting concerns over large numbers of people deciding to relax their coronavirus vigilance for what would normally be a bank holiday weekend and people are seeing it oh bank holiday weekend let's have a weekend away. There's also been reports of people heading off date, going on a day trip, people decamping to their holiday homes and a lot of people are because the children, even though they've been off for the last three weeks, this is, would have been the start. This would have been week one of the Easter holidays. So people are thinking, oh, I'm on Easter holidays. What do we normally do for Easter? We go to our holiday homes. Please, folks, not this year. The issue has been considered by the Guard, the National COVID-19 Coordination Unit, and it's been operated under the Deputy Commissioner in Charge of Policing and Security, uh, John Toomey. And they met with the Health Minister, and the Health Minister was in a found himself in the position that he had to sign off on new regulations which now give Gardaí enforcement powers against those who breached the COVID-19 restrictions. I know certainly last week it was something that the Taoiseach Leo Varadkar was saying that they were hoping that they wouldn't have to put in, they wouldn't have to enforce these uh, powers but it was kind of going to be an await and see if people... Uh, stuck to the re- to the recommendations and the restrictions there would have been no need for the Gardaí to be given the extra enforcements but as we now know uh, that didn't happen so they all got together yesterday and they have signed off on these new laws. The regulations now will allow the Gardaí to bring prosecutions. They're also going to be able to issue fines to those who are found floating the current policies. Now that will include social distancing or if they come across people who are having a mass gathering uh, that's all against the restrictions and of course people found outside the two kilometre route Gardaí will be out in force we're told they'll be manning checkpoints all over the country particularly over the next few days and anyone found to be in breach of the two kilometre travel ban and it's a two kilometre travel ban from your main home not from your holiday home 
the Gardaí are saying that they'll turn them back at the checkpoints unless obviously they have an exemption. A particular focus will be placed on people who own holiday homes and are planning to spend the Easter there. They're also going to be on the lookout for people who perhaps have rented a holiday home in a coastal area or in a beauty spot or if people say that they're going, if, if they discover people are going down the country to visit relatives, you're not allowed to do that either. And so many people are sticking to that. I've seen, I mean, yesterday I, I had somebody on who even went, who is so uh, religious religiously sticking to the two kilometre rule and not going outside that two kilometres does her exercise but you know can shop within the two kilometres two kilometres zone so it's not moving outside it and her mother is actually buried I think maybe it's 10 kilometres away from where she lives so it would mean having to go in her car to go to the graveyard her mum's birthday is the, would have been this week she'd like to be laying flowers she normally lays flowers at her grave but she has said no it's, it's outside the two kilometres so she isn't even visiting a graveyard and we've how many times are we hearing from people who would love to go visit a, a much-loved mother or father or, or grandparent and they're not, you know. They're leaving them alone and they're not moving beyond the two kilometres. And then for some reason, we have a cohort of people who think it's OK just because they have a second home and they have a holiday home and they think it's OK to, well, we'll leave wherever we are and we'll head off to the holiday home. Now, there, they, you will notice and you're probably seeing it already, there's a lot of extra Gardaí out and about on the beach and that's come from, there's been redeployment of personnel from many areas. I mean, the Garda College, for example, the Garda College must be empty at this stage, full redeployment of the Gardaí who were there. And then, of course, we had the uh, the newer Gardaí. They're all back out in the beach, an extra 325 of them. And that's allowed the Garda authorities to deploy more officers onto the beach as well as on these mobile patrols. Now, according to the Deputy Commissioner Toomey, Gardaí are seeking high levels of public compliance with the new guidelines. Already Gardaí manning checkpoints in West Galway have reported an increase in motorists travelling longer journeys. Locals in West Cork have raised concerns that British tourists have taken up residence in the area. And actually there's five scheduled car ferries arriving today into Dublin port from Liverpool and Hollyhead. And before people say we should be banning all of those, a lot of those are necessary because they're going to be bringing cargo in. But will they, will they, only time will tell, will cars roll off those ferries as well coming over here on holidays or coming over for the Easter weekend? And I know in the Irish Independent today there's a West Cork local, Trisha McCormick is quoted saying the areas of Skull, Goline, Baltimore and Doris she says have been completely inundated by visitors in recent days. She says people are coming in their droves to West Cork, they're going to their holiday homes and they're settling in for the lockdown. It hasn't stopped since. She says there's cars with English regs, there's a lot of cars with Dublin registrations. They've become increasingly noticeable over the last few days and certainly we've had calls in from people saying exactly that. And then I heard yesterday the hotelier Michael Vaughan, he owns the Vaughan Lodge, it's a, a popular hotel in La Hinch. He said locals were living in fear of an influx of visitors this weekend. One 
retiree he was speaking to was very upset when a couple arrived into the apartment right across from him. He said the first thing they did was went down to the local shop and it's the local shop that he uses every day. Now he's afraid to go out of his house in case he's going to meet them and in case they do have the virus and, and we don't we don't know you know people don't know if they have the virus or not and people can have absolutely no symptoms at all and still have the uh, coronavirus. And Michael Vaughan yesterday put out an appeal saying to people you know, please just be considerate. When all of this is over, we'll welcome you back with open arms. And these tourist areas, you know, rely on tourists and they're always very welcoming of people. And this is the first time ever that they've said to people, please stay away. And of course, yesterday we had the story on the 12 o'clock news that I was gobsmacked with. And actually, while here, you know, prepping stuff for the following hour and listening to Barry reading out the news I actually went oh my god did I hear that properly I just could not believe it was the story of the Gardaí who stopped the motorist and when they asked him where he was from he actually admitted straight away he was from Meath he was on a three hour journey uh, to Cork and they said "And you know what's your reason for coming to Cork and he said oh, I decided to go out for a spin and there was three other passengers in the car now of course it was deemed non-essential uh, travel which is and was breaching the current uh, government directives if it happened today they could find those people and I don't I haven't got the details of who the passengers were whether it was a family on a day trip but to go on a three hour drive just for the sake of the spin. I'm sure we'd all love to be going off on a spin, but if everybody starts to do that, that's where that's where it goes wrong. And that's that was why they had to introduce the two kilometre rule. Because remember that Sunday before the stricter restrictions came in, it was it was Mother's Day, wasn't it? It was that last Sunday in March, and all of the parks and the beaches were absolutely chock-a-block with people, that it wasn't possible to do social distancing because so many people uh, turned up to the various scenic areas. So something had to be put in place. And we'll end up down the route of France if we don't abide by the restrictions, which are tough enough as it is. So if we all comply with it, if everybody does their bit, we won't need to have any stricter restrictions. As, as in France, they've now introduced, as in from today, that people can't, because they were allowing people out to exercise, the same as we have been doing. But too many people were turning out and people were exercising or using the excuse of exercising and then going to the park and having a little bit of a sunbathe after their exercise. So the Parisian police in particular were saying this is getting out of control. And of course, the coronavirus in France is absolutely rampant. They had one of their worst days yesterday with the amount of people that had died, tens of hundreds of people dying in France. It really is shocking. So now they've introduced stricter restrictions whereby people are not allowed to go out to exercise between 10am in the morning and 7pm in the evening. So the real people who want to exercise and the real joggers will have to be out before 10 in the morning or else wait until after 7 in the evening and that I suppose is to get the people who just want to go out and sunbathe during the day to get them in off the streets and they're the same as here they're allowed to go out for you know essential items you're allowed to go to the shops or to go to the chemist um, etc but other than that same message as we have stay at home please and I saw this and this I think is an important post that went up on Facebook from a doctor in Connemara that hopefully to anyone listening who maybe was considering getting in a car and going off to a holiday home or to a scenic area or anyone listening to us who's already made that journey, they've already arrived in their holiday home, you might stop and consider what you've actually done and the pressure that you're putting on the locals 
where you have decided to spend Easter, to spend the lockdown. And as I say, this is from a local doctor in in Connemara but this could be for any of our touristy areas certainly down around West Cork it, and she, she she wrote in the post to all of the holiday home owners who came down to Connemara during these hard times we will remember you you have increased the pressure on our food supply the medical teams are already overstretched the staff in the shops and the petrol stations are already working flat out you've contributed to spreading the pandemic to a rural area disregarding the rules. We know who you are and you will be named and blamed. We will not forget. You are the rich and the privileged who think they can do as they please. As a doctor and a member of this community, I know how to recognise a psychopathic behaviour. You have no empathy, no courage, no respect for the people of Connemara and our environment that you treat like a playground. You have invaded the beaches and the roads with your big SUVs disregarding the recommendations. I don't think you can feel shame, but I feel you will not be made welcome anymore and watch out for the future. That's a a hard-hitting post from a doctor in Connemara and I imagine to anyone who would have seen and it went up on sort of one of those community posts where people visiting the area I imagine would be a member of I wonder how people felt if people had come, say, from Dublin and were staying in Connemara and they read that doctor's post. And then today I was going through some of the letters to the editor in the Irish Times and I came across a really good and a good one as well, just to try to get that message across to people to stop and think. And the reason why, just to remember the reason why we've all been asked to stay at home. Nobody wants to be a killjoy. Nobody wants wants to see you not enjoying your holiday home. But there will be many, many more Easter's and summers and St. Patrick's weekends and Christmas and other times when you'll be able to enjoy your holiday home. But for now, just stay at home. And this letter is from a, a lady who lives in a place called, I've never heard of it before, Furbo in County Galway. And it reads, Sir, I live in Furbo, seven miles west of Galway. I've just come in from a short walk and was staggered by the number of non-local cars full of families and luggage all heading west. What part of this crisis do they not understand? Two kilometres, question mark. The need for staying at home, question mark. This is not a holiday. This is a pandemic. I thought of my young niece, who's just 26 and a doctor, and she's scared, but she's stepping up to the mark to her role as an adult in this, working in the accident and emergency department. To me, it seems like yesterday when she was christened and I held her and I promised to safeguard her as her godmother. I thought of my sister and my brother-in-law, also doctors, and now working directly with COVID-19 patients. I thought of my nephew, whose part-time job in a council-run leisure centre has come to an end and who has been told he will now have a role soon transporting bodies to the mortuary. He's just 24. Before you pack your car and head west, maybe thinking you're clever to leave at 4am in the morning and therefore avoid the road checks. Maybe thinking you're clever to pretend that you've got an elderly relative who needs minding. Think, please, of this letter. Shame on anyone who's heading away on holidays this Easter. It's not a holiday. It's a pandemic. Signed yours, Linda Furbo 
County Galway. I'll get to your comments coming in in a moment, but I just want to go to a story that broke overnight, and this is to do with a man in his 20s. He was treated in Cork University Hospital overnight and he was following a stabbing incident in Ballyfeham. Fiona Corcoran, our senior news reporter, joins us with more on this story. Good morning to you, Fiona. Good morning, Patricia. Um, you're welcome to the programme. What's, what is believed to have happened? I'm hearing there was two rival gangs involved. Yeah, that's what we understand so far, Patricia. This is an incident that broke out at around half nine last night on a place called Pierce Square in Ballyfehan in Cork City. And what we understand is that up to a dozen people from two rival gangs had gathered in the square and began to fight. Now, some of the people involved were armed with what are believed to have been knives and bats. And... um, One man, a man in his 20s, was stabbed a number of times and he was rushed by ambulance to Cork University Hospital where he underwent emergency surgery last night. We have confirmed this morning that his condition, while serious, is stable. And they have launched an investigation. No arrests have been made as yet, but the scene has been sealed off and a technical examination of that scene is being carried out. And Gardaí have been conducting door-to-door inquiries in the area for anyone who may have witnessed the incident and who may be able to uh, give them some information as to who was involved and what sparked this incident last night to come forward and report what they saw in confidence to Gardaí at either Tokra Garda station or indeed any Garda station. And they're also appealing for any passing motorists um, who may have dash cam footage and who may have caught something that might be useful to Gardaí in this investigation. They're also harvesting CCTV from local businesses. And um, in this square, there are a lot of businesses around that square. There are, uh, there's a local chipper and a local pub and local shop. So Gardaí will be getting CCTV footage and viewing that. And um, yeah, it's... Uh, do we know, do we know much about the condition of this man in his 20s? He was stabbed a number of times and I believe he had a serious stab wound to his side, but he is in a stable condition this morning. So I don't believe that his injuries are life threatening. Okay, God, if the Gardaí and the hospitals don't have enough to be coping with Mm. without something like this. Okay, uh, Fiona, listen. I know, and local councillor Shane O'Callaghan did uh, comment on that this morning. He was condemning the incident and he said that at a time like this, when frontline staff are up to their eyes trying to deal with the COVID-19 pandemic, um, you know, we really don't need to have incidents like this happening in our city. Um, so it has been condemned by that local councillor, Shane O'Callaghan, this morning. And as you said, you know, Gardaí and, and the health staff are, are up, you know, they're, they're really busy at the minute with this. And, you know, they, they really don't need to have these kind of incidents happening in the city. Okay, listen, Fiona, stay safe and thank you for that. And uh, we'll talk again. Thank you. Thanks, a million. That's uh, Fiona Corcoran, our senior news reporter on that case of that man stabbed uh, last evening in the Ballyfahan area. Okay, some of your comments coming into the programme on people travelling to their holiday homes. Meg makes an interesting point. How can we expect young people to obey? 
the rules when the adults are blatantly flouting them when we have if the parents are loading all the kids into the cars and taking them out to the holiday homes and yet we're asking the children to stay at home and stay in uh, doors. Anne says it's not only Connemara that are flooded with holiday makers. Court McSherry holiday homes are all full. People have absolutely no cop on. Uh, Madge says all we need to do is allow trucks in on those ferries. We shouldn't be allowing any cars full of holiday makers. This isn't a holiday season. Australia keep incomers in isolation. Australia have really upped their game and the only one coming into Australia at the moment now are returning immigrants, people who are getting repatriated and coming home and they're literally taken off the plane onto a bus and they're put into hotels and they have to stay in the hotel room. They're not allowed out of the hotel room, even into the corridor in the hotel. Food is delivered to, to their door and they must remain there for two weeks and then they will be allowed at home. And someone asks this quick question. Ferries to the United Kingdom surely are not running, are they? If they are, they, they surely should be stopped. I don't know about Cork. I'll see if John Paul can find out if there's any ferries uh, coming into Cork. I do know there are five scheduled car ferries arriving today into Dublin Port and they're coming from Liverpool and from Hollyhead. So I don't know if there's any coming into Cork or if there's any coming into Ross Lair. Traditionally, we would be the ones where people heading south would use. But those ferries will operate and will continue to operate during the emergency because they bring a lot of cargo with them as well. But of course, they also, if somebody books on a car, we don't have any laws in place to stop anyone coming into this country. And then when they do arrive back, they're asked to, or if they do come into this country, they're asked to self-isolate for two weeks. But they're just asked to do it. There's no checkups. There's no, there's other countries. I know China, for example, people have to self-isolate when they arrive into China and you have to nominate um, a telephone number of where you will be staying can't be a mobile, has to be a landline and you can get up to five calls a day at any time during the day over the two weeks of your isolation to make sure that you are self-isolating. That's that's how they do it. In this country, anyone that's come back either into the ports of the airports or arrive into the ports of the airports, they're handed a that yellow piece of paper it looks like telling you all about COVID-19 and telling you about uh, self-isolating and they just ask people uh, to do it and hopefully hopefully people do abide by the rules. Now a couple of people querying just about trying to get out and about where are these going? Hi Patricia on this uh, beautiful morning and it is a beautiful morning. It absolutely is gorgeous. Hoping everybody's well we are thank God. Um, I'm looking for your opinion please on this matter. I do shopping for a few elderly people and I'm wondering if I could go to my nearest Aldi to do the shopping. As I find I meet less people there. I know less chance for stopping and talking to people. The Aldi is a bit further away from my local supermarket where I normally do all of my shopping. Uh, my nearest supermarket and it, it's about nine miles away from me. What do you think? Yeah, I mean you're allowed to go outside of the two kilometre rule for shopping. Yeah, and if a member from Garda Siakona stopped you and you said you were going to this particular supermarket you could actually explain to them the reason why you've decided to go there I mean obviously if you're shopping for for older people as well you you know you could maybe explain that you've got to get items that can only be got in the other supermarket you know I mean you definitely could have a discussion with the Gardaí as to why you're not going to your nearest uh, supermarket but going to your nearest supermarket I know you're saying you're probably nervous about stopping uh, to chat if you just say you know if you are stopping to chat if you just say to people you know keep your two metre distance I've seen lots of people in supermarkets have very quick chats 
because it's the one thing we've been told as well when you're going into the supermarket go in with a purpose you're not in there to have the bants uh, with anyone and I know people aren't seeing a lot of other people and you know if you suddenly see somebody you haven't seen in a while the urge is to have a big long conversation but please don't but you know explain to the person please keep two metres away I'm a bit nervous about all of this or else do the do the one I do oh god I'm in an awful rush I'll catch you again and just move on by but I'm sure if you were stopped by the guards and you said you were going shopping and you explained why you were going outside of the uh, area I feel now maybe I'm wrong we'll put it out there see what other listeners I, I think a guard would have understanding of that and somebody else says hi Patricia my medication is in a pharmacy in Mallow that doesn't deliver I live out in the countryside can I go get it uh, says Gail absolutely now I'm assuming Gail that you're under 70 and you're not cocooning you 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 can go outside the two kilometre rule for shopping are for medication are for medical appointments unless you're cocooning and then if you're cocooning you just get somebody else either to do it for you and if you don't have anybody to do it for you you ring that Cork County Council number and they'll get somebody to sort it out for you on 1-800-805-819 but if you're under 70 and you need to go to the chemist to get your medication absolutely you can that is well within the guidelines and the rules and regulations. Carol says, Hi Patricia, carers allowances. Carers allowance paid in the post office today as some other pay- other payments are paid to the post office today. Okay, Carol, if your carers allowance is normally paid on a Thursday because this is Holy Week, the Thursday payments can be collected today. If your carers allowance is normally paid on Friday, the carers allowance can be picked up on Thursday. They're all being given out a day before. You can still stick with your normal day but they are available in the post office a day before. So Thursday's payments are available on Wednesday and Friday's payments are um, available on Thursday. And remember for Good Friday post offices are only open up to 1 o'clock. They close at 1pm and they're not open this Saturday being Holy Saturday obviously it's Bank Holiday Monday so they're not open Monday either Carol says Good morning Patricia delighted and relieved with the new measures and the power has been given to the Gardaí read the Easter weekend but can the Gardaí Gardaí please go to holiday homes start knocking on the doors where people have already arrived and put them back in their cars to where they come from and then I would suggest block all the roads leading into West Cork says Gareth. I don't know if you get that much of a lockdown I don't know if they have the powers to knock on somebody's door and say, what are you doing? Why are you here? Go home, uh, please. And I would be interested to see, has anybody asked, anybody living in a tourist area, if somebody has come into a holiday home, has anybody had that discussion? Has anybody asked somebody, why are you doing it? Did you stop and think the pressure you're putting on the local area? How long are you planning on staying? I wonder, is anybody brave enough? You'd want to be very brave to have that discussion in fairness. And John in Clonakilty says, Patricia, on a lot of people who have travelled out to holiday homes for the Easter holidays, the people near these holiday homes should ring the guards and the guards should call to them and tell them, go back and isolate like the rest of us. People of Ireland, I say it again, it's a national emergency. Come on, we all just need to put our shoulder to the wheel. And that is from John in Clonakilty. And hi, Patricia, says this texter on a lovely, positive note. The swallows have arrived. Actually, somebody yesterday as well saw swallows. And that's a bit early, isn't it? Okay, is that a good sign that we're going to have a great summer? And I just want to give you one more really, really good news story. And this is something I have to attribute and say a huge thank you to Sadie, who's been working with us here on the programme since the emergency began. There was a gentleman by the name of Dennis in the city who contacted us on Monday. He's an old age pensioner and he suffers very badly from constipation. 
And if he goes out for a walk, he finds it's great. That's the one way he gets relief from it. And that's how he's been dealing with it and coping with it, getting out for his daily bit of exercise and he's been fine. But obviously he's in his 70s and he's going by the letter of the law and he's cocooning. And well done and a pat on the back to, to Dennis for, for cocooning. So he can't get out for his walks. And what's happened? Constipation has come back with a vengeance. So he was talking to somebody who suggested to him an exercise bike. Dennis, that's what you need. You need an exercise bike. So he's not in a position to purchase his own exercise bike. So he was wondering, would anybody have a loan of an exercise bike? Would anyone be able to help him out? And we got that plea from Dennis on Monday and then the show just got so busy. I didn't get a chance to do it yesterday on the programme. And when I came off air, here was poor Dennis having a chat with Sadie on the phone and it just I upset and, and she was she was saying look we'll definitely get to it tomorrow and hopefully we'll be able to get you an exercise bike and then lo and behold our own Sadie suddenly realised that she had a family member who had an exercise bike that she was sure wasn't being used so she contacted the family member and said you know the exercise bike would you mind passing it on and the family member said great so we got the exercise bike delivered to Dennis yesterday all cleaned down, by the way. It's all perfect. And Dennis was, by all accounts, absolutely thrilled. And he's cocooning away with his wife and he's getting on fine. And hopefully this exercise bike will sort out the problems that he is having. And before we know it, if we all abide by the rules, the cocooning restrictions will be lifted and Dennis will be back out again walking and he won't be having any of the problems that he's having at the moment. So Dennis, if you're listening to us, we wish you nothing but uh, health and happiness and we hope it's all going well and you're peddling away like mad listening to the programme this morning. 1850 Our lines are open. The same said Sadie and John Paul taking your calls. You can text her WhatsApp 0862 Bonnach an Cork Public Museum e Bork Big Garrett Sivlian Ochtiog at the Hadakuig, and the special e Guina Allen Dungahish. Lagan the museum shall beam er and Doch the winning Le Kirkig Marwala Mount Eishach. Agus Horodayan, Godon has her Halidiani, a Dochalti, a Dinahart er Alla on Valle, Godian Tonan Homa on Egypt Orsa, Agus on Reg. Tirshir er and Star Egan Public Museum, Agus Winsultas Cafe, Agus Narak and the Oil at Ahoyd and Lohersa, a Ruchnali. Nukta. Quid Denaneha is Fari Gorkig, C103. This Good Friday, C103 asks you to do something really good. Really good. Support Cork's frontline legends. Cork's frontline legends. Help raise funds from medical teams going above and beyond to save lives during the COVID 19 pandemic. We all come together. We all come together. We've joined forces with the Mercy Hospital Foundation and CUH Charity to ask you to donate just 19 euro. Just 19 euro. All money raised will support services for medical staff. For medical staff. This Good Friday, click c103.ie and make a one-off donation. Or call 1850-50-96-96. Supporting Cork's frontline legends. With Noel DC Skoda, New Mallow Road, Cork. Proud to get behind those steering us through the COVID-19 crisis. Noel DC. On C103.
Now, while many people who have been laid off from work are thankful to the government for the COVID-19 emergency unemployed payment of €350 Euro a week, there is one cohort of workers who have missed out on that payment and it's those aged over 66. Fianna Fáil Cork South West Dáil Deputy Christopher O'Sullivan is one of those calling on the government to review the criteria and he joins me. Good morning to you, Christopher. Good morning, Patricia. Uh, and you're welcome. Do we have many workers over the age of 66 working in this country? Yeah, it's... it's uh, well, listen, uh, in terms of... You'd be surprised at the amount. It's it's upwards of about 80,000 uh, well, from what I can gather in, in terms of figures. But, I mean, yeah, that sounds like a big amount. But at the same time, in terms of uh, the extra funding um, and uh, the uh, extra finance that would be required to satisfy this need... Uh, for example, whether it was a case of uh, their um, contributory pension being upgraded from 250 to 350, to satisfy uh, this cohort and this age group actually wouldn't cost, um, com- when you compare it to the measures that have already been brought in, um, when you consider that um, you know hundreds of thousands of people right across um, Ireland uh, have lost um, uh, their jobs and are now on this uh, pandemic unemployment payment, um, you know, it, it's it's I suppose a drop of the ocean in the ocean. Maybe is a bit of a, an understatement, but but the argument the argument that the these workers they're they're already getting a state pension of it's a, as you said it's about two hundred and fifty euro plus they've got enhanced benefits that doesn't fly with you. It doesn't fly with me. So first of all, not every um, worker over the age of sixty six is on the full. Uh, contributory pension. Some are on a reduced pension for uh, reasons. It may be uh, a lack of stamps. There may be gaps within the stamps that they've paid over the course of their lifetime. Uh, so not not everybody is 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 in that bracket. And the other thing to consider here as well, Patricia, is that there is a whole. Um, uh, there are many other uh, people who are qualifying for this pandemic unemployment payment who are already entitled two other social welfare payments and who keep those social welfare payments, uh, which rightly so, we have absolutely no problem with that. I'm thinking of people who are on widows' uh, pension, I'm thinking of people who are on disability loans, uh, I'm thinking of people who are on possibly lone parents. They are all entitled to keep their social welfare payment and qualify for the full €350 Euro payment. So I guess all we're looking here is for equality, for these people to be treated the same as every other worker out there. An, an um, element and, of fairness. And, and let's remember, those over 66, those workers that we're talking about, they pay tax, they pay PRSI, they pay USE charges, you know, they pay it all. It does seem a tad unfair. They pay it all, and they've also paid for uh, many, many recessions uh, that have gone before, uh, the one that we're about to face into. Um, many of them, and, and I've had some very uh, hardship cases, have, um, for example, through the last recession, they have had to bail out their adult children. Some of them have had to remortgage their homes in order to, to help out their adult children get through the last recession. Uh, and those kind of overheads, those bills, those utilities, etc., are still, um, you know, they're still hanging over them, essentially. So they need more than that €250 Euro payment and sometimes less to get them through uh, their week. And just a couple of examples, I suppose, just to, for, for your listeners to understand, of, uh, understand the problems uh, that this uh, cohort of workers are, 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 are facing. Uh, there's a, a, a 68-year-old woman who's a PAYE worker, and she has had to work past the age of 66 in order to continue uh, to pay bills and to, to keep her family fed, essentially. And that 200, she's on less than the €250 Euro payment. She's one of those people that I talked about with a reduced pension. Uh, and that payment will not get her through this, but she does not qualify for this pandemic payment. Uh, and another perfect example is a businessman uh, here um, uh, in West Cork 
who obviously because of COVID-19 and in order to satisfy all the restrictions uh, and the new legislation has had to close the door of his business, has had to shut up shop, um, but he still has rent to pay. Uh, He still has utility bills to pay. Insurance. Insurance, etc. And to be honest, uh, €250 is not going to satisfy him. So what I'm asking for is this to be revisited um, at the very least that they would be topped up uh, to the €350 payment. Uh, but I don't see uh, when you when I, I talked about those other social welfare recipients who are, are still entitled to keep the social welfare. I don't see why why that can't happen here as well. Okay. Any sign uh, from the government that they might change their minds from the gov- government on this? I've I've written to Regina Doherty. I understand it is is a very busy time for her department, but I have written to Regina Doherty asking for this to be revisited. I haven't got a reply. I'm happy to say that our party spokesperson Willie Odie has been very very active and vocal on this, uh, and is also putting pressure uh, along with many other TDs in order for this to be reversed. Um, but you know it. it it needs to happen straight away because there's, there is so many anomalies here. I mean, for example, you could take uh, perhaps, and I'll just use this as an example because I don't want to single out students because, you know, there's students there who work at weekends. Uh, they might be entitled to maybe 100, 120 euro. That that, that may be what they, they were earning. But they're now entitled to the full 350 euro uh, payment. Oh, listen, best, we, best we, got, we, got, we got inundated by some of their parents saying happy days. They never expected and for listen, their son or daughter they, to pick up that kind of money. Have, they have college to go back to. They, 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 will, they will have many ways to spend that money. And I would not begrudge them with that for a second. But I can then completely understand uh, why um, those over 66 who are being told, turned away and told, no, you're not entitled to this. I can understand their grievance. Um, it's wrong. It's wrong on so many levels. Uh, and it needs to be reversed. It needs okay. to be revisited. We'll, we'll, we'll keep an eye on this story. Just on a different topic where we have you on the line, uh, Christopher, we know the Chief uh, Medical Officer, Dr. Tori Hulhan, asking people to stay at home uh, for Easter. And we're getting a lot of calls in this morning about people citing various holiday homes throughout the West Cork area uh, that are now occupied. What, you live in that area. What's, what's your feeling on it, Christopher? So... I suppose the way um, people contact their politicians has changed. I've often said that to you, but my Facebook messages, my, my Facebook accounts, my WhatsApp messages, phone calls, voicemails uh, are inundated with stories, particularly, uh, we'll say, from Clannacilty West um, with uh, stories of yellow wedges. You know, in some instances, they may, may be um, innocent. People may have yellow wedge, people may have D wedges who live in the area, but I think the amount of instances and the anecdotal evidence is so strong that certainly uh, this influx was happening last week. It was, I think, uh, possibly people with holiday homes had preempted this. Uh, they, they they probably saw what was coming down the line, uh, and they said, you know, what a, they said to themselves, what a wonderful place to self isolate West Cork. I can say it myself straight out that I'm, I'm uh, delighted to be, um, you know, self isolating or uh, in lockdown, for want of a better word, in West Cork as opposed to being in an urban built up area where you're uh, limited, but it's wrong. Uh, it's wrong on so many levels. Uh, it, they need to stop. It's in, in West Cork, we're renowned for our welcoming nature. We welcome people with open arms, and we will do so again. But I think the message has to be loud. It has to be clear. If you are a holiday homeowner uh, and you do uh, and you do have a holiday home, I'm just talking about West Cork. I'm sure this can be said for uh, tourist areas right throughout Ireland. Stay at home because, listen, in West Cork, we do not have the resources uh, that they have in the Dublin and in, in the urban areas. We don't have the hospitals to care for a, a pandemic. I can see why people are getting lax. I mean, 
the results so far that have, we've, have been achieved by uh, social distancing and by the advice of the chief medical officer, they do appear to be working. But all we're doing at the moment is bending that curve. Um, we, it's way too early to say whether we've flattened the curve. And my fear is that there's a kind of a lax attitude out there. Yeah, we've got this. We haven't. We have a long road uh, in terms of beating this. Uh, and I think there might be an attitude out there as well that oh, West Cork is this um, some type of utopia that is going to be free of any incidents of, uh, of uh, COVID-19. That is not the case. It's already here. Uh, it, it's already in the community. Thankfully, it doesn't seem to be uh, to the same degree as it is up in Dublin and, and, and in, the, in the east of the country. But listen, it's far too early to say whether these measures are working yet. Yeah. So, and the virus any... spreads by the movement of people. That's how the it, virus spreads. It does. I mean, a perfect exa- example I give you is that um, we have been uh, advised to stay away from Leinster House. Uh, and I've done that. I've taken that advice. You have no idea, Patricia, how frustrating it is to be um, a, a newly elected TD. All I want to do is get in there, sit in the dial, give my sixpence worth and, and, and debate legislation and issues. But I realised that by me heading to Dublin, heading to an urban area, uh, mixing with people from that urban area and coming back, that's putting people at risk. I've, yeah. I've got two parents who are over 70. They're cocooning. Uh, I have a sister uh, who's um, uh, with her husband living in Clannacilty with three children, three children between the ages of two and eight, and they are dying to go to the beach. They're dying to get out of the house. And they're not, well uh, because well they're, putting, they, they, they're putting people... And if we just all pull first. together, we, these restrictions will be lifted and we will get back to normal life. What we is, all, uh, but everyone yeah. has to pull together. All right, they OK. Do. We'll leave it there, uh, Chris. Thank Listen, have a, have a happy and a peaceful Easter. It's going to be you a quiet one for sure. Can I, can I just say, well done to you guys as well. I mean, even on the whole area around social welfare, so much has changed. The goalposts have changed, but the information that people uh, are getting from uh, your show and from the team at C103 is... Um, absolutely, we couldn't do without it. So, so um, very fair kind. play for everything. You're very kind. Thanks for that, Christopher. Bye bye. Bye That is West Cork, Fianna uh, Fáil Dáil Deputy Christopher O'Sullivan. Hello, this is Eric Griffin. Join me Monday to Friday between 7 and 8 for some great songs on C103 Anthems. And then... Hello, this is Declan Ernie here. Hello, this is Sean Keane. Hello, this is Cathy Durkin. Hi, this is Louise Morrissey. Hi, this is Mick Flavin. Hello, this is Daniel O'Donnell here and you're listening to Country and Irish with Eric Griffin on C103. Don't miss Anthems at 7 and the very best of Country and Irish from 8 right here on C103. The World Health Organization has now upgraded the coronavirus to a worldwide pandemic. Here are some practical ways to protect yourself. Wash your hands properly and often. Cover your mouth and nose when you cough or sneeze. And dispose of used tissues. Disinfect frequently touched objects. Avoid close contact with people who are unwell. Don't touch your eyes, nose or mouth if your hands are not clean. And please follow travel advice from the Department of Foreign Affairs. This message is supported by Irwin's Pharmacy, Shandon Street, Mayfield and Toker. Always looking after your family. For coronavirus updates and information, stay listening to C103. Just a quick few comments uh, coming in uh, before we head to the newsroom. And this, okay, these are from people that were reacting. This was supposed to be put up on our Facebook page about people coming from outside areas and coming to spend time in their holiday homes, particularly in the West Cork area and people coming from Dublin. Not all the dubs were very uh, pleased, I think, with the comments that were going up online. Frank says, those in tourist areas are more than willing to take our money for the rest of the year. But suddenly now we're, we're not wanted. We will remember this once everything is back 
to normal. Donna says those in West Cork happy to take the Dublin mon- money for the rest of the year, but now they're all cribbing. Alan says maybe we and these, I'm assuming are all from Dublin maybe we should start stop subsidising the rest of the country from Dublin and let them have it if that is their attitude and Vera online says we have our holiday home we own it we're entitled to travel to it we will not be told by anyone to stay away from our holiday home those locals that are concerned and upset can I t- remind them they do not own the area or the scenery and Pete feeling very much the same saying no, nobody owns the beach we're all allowed uh, to visit. Well, you're not at the moment under the current guidelines unless you live within two kilometres of it and that doesn't mean Pete's your holiday home. 1850 333 103. We're going to take uh, another quick break. We've got news at 11 on the way. Lots to catch up with in the next hour including lots of your calls and comments. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. A couple of comments in reacting to Deputy Christopher O'Sullivan who's raising the issue of people over the age of 66 who lost their job because of COVID-19 when they went to apply for the COVID-19, the special payment the €350 they discovered because they're aged over 66, they're not entitled to it. It's uh, the criteria, you've got to be between 18 and 66 and the thought pattern is the people over the age of 66 have a state pension and enhanced benefits and Christopher was pointing out examples that he had that not everyone is on that full state uh, pension and there are people really uh, struggling. But somebody by WhatsApp says, yeah, but how many of those people over the age of 66 are retired guards, are retired teachers? Others are retired public sector workers who would have got lump sums when they finished work and many of them are on large pensions as well. You see, there'll always be groups like that as well but then you'll have Christopher and we certainly have heard from quite a few people who don't fall into that category and are seriously down on money and Tim has an example. He says, Deputy O'Sullivan mentioned a businessman in Cork aged over 66 unable to get the new uh, COVID-19 emergency payment. Well, I know of a self-employed person, the man is over 66, who has to continue to pay rent. He has to pay tax and insurance on his van, which he now cannot use because his business is deemed non-essential. He never made a huge profit margin, even in the good times. And then I hear of a student on a Susie grant who works on a Saturday and that student is getting €350 a week. And the third level has shut down a month ago the grant still continues in addition it appears now the third level students might get the benefit of the doubt rather than having to pass a written exam yet there certainly are anomalies are showing up and I'm wondering and thinking that the government are and the department I think are certainly going to have to look at it again we'll keep an eye on that story for you 1850 333 103 now with so many people trying to do their bit and lend support to anyone who needs help during this COVID-19 pandemic pandemic. I thought the following offer was beyond kind. Judy Hopkins of Hopkins Communication joins me this morning. Good morning to you, Judy. Good morning, Patricia. How are you? I'm, I'm very well. You, po- you put a post up on Facebook. You're offering your home in Glanmire to any frontline medical staff. Tell me more. I am. I suppose what I've been trying to do, Patricia, and I think what a lot of people have been trying to do is to find as many ways as possible to help our frontliners, our country, our government, so one of the many things that I've been trying to do is find uh, someone in need, so a frontliner who needs to move out of their home to keep their family safe, to keep their friends safe, um, and, and you know, and uh, give them my home for at least a month anyway, you know. And your home would be close enough to which hospitals? 
Well, it's in Glanmire, so it's literally, you can go straight through the tunnel to get out to to CUH. You can go up through Mayfield to get out to the Mercy into town. So it's only kind of five, ten minutes drive from anywhere, you know. And there's also, um, obviously, I don't know what way the public transport is working, but there's buses, obviously, from Glanmire and Mayfield in the norm if people aren't driving, you know. But I suppose the important thing really is, obviously, to stop the spread. And if these wonderful frontliners are, are, you know, putting their lives on the line. The last thing they want to be doing is putting their family and friends or whoever they're sharing their current houses with putting their lives on the line. And we already know that some frontline staff, particularly nurses who house share And if you've got nurses working in different hospitals, that's not the ideal situation. So we already know that they've been asked to find alternative accommodation. So it's, it's, it's someone exactly like that that you'd be trying to help out. Exactly, exactly. Um, Sorry, just bear with me here. Yeah, so that's exactly it. Um, They are just doing their best, you know, to to find new houses. And um, they, you know, sorry, my dog is actually having a fit out the back here. Is he okay? Um, I'm I'm just a little bit worried about him. Um, He should be okay, hopefully. As in a fit, as in a serious fit? Like a medical fit? Sorry, no, sorry. You okay, Dave? Are you okay? Sorry, I'm so sorry about this, Patricia. Can I call you back? You can go. Go look after your dog. Go look after your dog. Goodness me. Okay, we don't want anything to happen to the dog. Anyway, that's Judy Hopkins. We'll find out more uh, from her later on in the program. Offering her house, which I thought was a very, very kind thought. Now, some of your commentary coming in, and it is coming in. Can I say hot and heavy to the program today? Let me see if I can take a quick look down through some of the calls and texts coming in. Hi, Trish. I just want to say that people should think before calling out anyone in a Dublin registered car visiting the West Cork area. Our car happens to be a D-Reg and by the way we bought it in our village in West Cork and we've lived in this village for the last 12 years and we are very much part of the local community. There are also many C-Reg cars being driven around by people who are not from the locality and that's signed by a a blow-in. Well, I think when people are contacting us saying that they're seeing a lot of D-Reg cars, these are people who live in very rural villages for example and they know everyone you'll be well known in your area that you drive a D-Reg car and nobody is stopping to think that you're somebody new to the area and even if you did even if the Gardaí did decide to start say we'll stop every D-Reg car you're able to show them exactly where you live so they will know you've got a D-Reg car and, and you live in the area but somebody who gets stopped in a D-Reg car and when they ask them where they live and if they say they live in Dorky or they live in Ranala or they live in Clondalk and that kind of stands out like a sore thumb. Hi, thank you for your text. Hi Patricia, send in the guards to all of those holiday homes and caravan parks. Check the registration on all of the cars. You'll get the address then and you'll find it exactly where they are from. And then I say slap fines on all of them. Stop the spread of Corona, not spread it. That should be our slogan. Stay safe all. Meg says, come here a minute, Dublin. Do any of you intend to isolate here? We are fighting to keep Bantry Hospital. Please go. Don't try thinking that you can come to West Cork just to isolate. That's a question for our gardener. Peter's joining us later, so keep those coming. Do you know if the post offices are open on Good Friday, says the texter? I do. They're open until one o'clock on 
Good Friday. Somebody else wants to know is there post on Friday? I don't know. I'll have to check in with them post to see if there's post. I certainly know the post offices are opening on a half day. Whether there's post or not, I will check that for you. Hi Patricia, would the people complaining give it a break? It's the holiday homes that have kept West Cork going for the past 40 years. That's why small villages have restaurants and pubs and shops still open. When the old people are cocooning, would they not give back half of their pension every week as they can't spend the money and remember the slogan for this weekend get out the back and uh, tan Ugh. Um, okay you've got a couple of issues going on there okay the good people of West Cork and other tourist areas like the Michael Vaughan who I spoke to from Le Hinch the good people of Wexford the good people of Connemara very much appreciate tourists that come to their area but they're just saying for this period in time once in a hundred years and please God it'll only ever be once in a hundred years that this happens we have a pandemic this is a very strange time in which we are living and they're asking people to just stop and be a little bit considerate and think of those small communities who are struggling hard to get through this pandemic to look after each other and they don't need their areas flooded with people who could potentially, I'm not saying they all will, but they could potentially bring the virus into an area. And they're also putting added burden and strain on the community that's already under pressure, just trying to cope with day to day living. So it's not that people are saying, you know, we never want you to come back and visit. They do and they welcome people with open arms, but just as somebody said in a previous text, this isn't a holiday period. This is a pandemic we are living through. And that's why they're asking people to stay away. As for old people cocooning, would they not give back half their pensions? Why should they give back half their pensions? That's like saying to people who are lucky enough to still have their jobs, why don't you hand over half your money? Now, when you say they can't go out and spend it, most people can't go out and spend their money at the moment. And many people, including the pensioners, are spending their money. They still have to get their shopping. They still have to pay their ESB bills. They still have to pay their heating bills. They still have all of the other bills. And if anything, when they're cocooning, they could even be spending more money. Their heating could be on longer if they're not able to get out of the house. We all know, and I think everyone puts their hands up to this, we're all eating more. You talk to anyone in the supermarkets will tell you, and I know I'll hopefully get to it later on. I know the latest survey was out from the supermarkets showing how much we have spent in the last number of weeks. And that's to do with people being at home. We're all eating more. So the elderly people, you know, they have a right to spend their money the same as everyone else. So I completely disagree with you saying that elderly people should give back half of their pension just because they can't get out to the shops and uh, spend it. None of us are getting out to the shop except to buy the essentials and spend it. And then another listener says, I wonder what age of the supermarkets classing is elderly. I went to Tesco yesterday at half past eight as I thought it was for the over 60s, which I am. And a lady told me it was for over 65 and carers uh, only. Um, OK, I, I was at a supermarket and I was in one of the queues, you know, waiting to, to get in. And a woman arrived and she would have been at the back of the queue. And the security guard called her up to the top and left her in and then went she went in he sort of turned around to us who were standing in the queue and saying it's hard to ask anybody their age I don't know for sure you know are they in the bracket of over 65 or not because I think they've been quite flexible about it I'm sure I mean I don't know from your text are you saying that you were turned away and when the supermarkets are saying they're allocating hours for like older people and for carers and there's some of the stores are allocating hours for our frontline uh, staff 
I'm open to correction, but I think we're at, they're asking people to try not to shop during those times, to leave those hours for those people. But I certainly haven't heard of anyone being turned away because you were in your early 60s and they were only leaving over 65. Say, maybe I'm wrong. Come back and tell me if if the supermarket you went to was being that strict. But my interpretation of it is they're just asking people to try to remember others and leave those hours at free. But certainly I didn't, I've never seen someone being asked for their age card to prove that over 65 in order to get into the supermarkets for the hours that's been designated for older people. And then Sheila says, grrr, starts the text. Grrr, Trish, I'm so mad. I went into Fomoy to pick up my meds. It's my first time out in three weeks and I'm abiding by all of the rule, rules, just heading out to get my medication. A car just pulled up with a man, I'd say he was in his 20s. He had a scarf and he was wearing rubber gloves gets out of the car what do you think he does he spat a big glob of phlegm just in front of my car I think I'm going to gawk people are so stupid I took a photograph of his car and I have a good mind to put up on Facebook to shame him says Sheila don't think under GDPR you're allowed to actually do that Sheila but how absolutely disgusting I mean at the best of times even taking a a pandemic and the virus out of it I hate spitting it it's the one thing I absolutely cannot stand. You know, when you're watching football matches and footballers and see when they build up a lot of saliva and they have to spit, I just, it turns my stomach. I think, Sheila, if it had happened to me in front of my car, I think I would have had to have gone home. I'd have been empty reaching into his face. I would have been so bad. Abs- please, guys, gals. But like to have his rubber gloves on and his scarf, scarf you know, Obviously, to lower his scarf down from his mouth in order to spit. Absolutely, absolutely disgusting. Hi, Patricia. Can you tell me are the banks open on Friday? It being Good Friday. You know, the banks are definitely closed because Friday is a bank holiday, but it's not a public holiday. It's one of those queer ones, but definitely the banks uh, are uh, closed. Hi, Patricia. The wealthy in this country think they can do whatever they want because they always get away with it. There are businesses open that should be closed at this time. It is pure greed. Kind regards, says a Fimber. What a lovely day, says a texter, to wake up to who would want to waste time driving somewhere and miss all the beautiful weather at home. Stay at home and mind each other. There's a real positive. Well done. Why can't the guards catch those holidaymakers on their way home from their holiday homes after Easter? I think you may find that because there's going to be a lot of checkpoints around uh, this weekend. Someone else says, Trisha, can the guards knock on the holiday homes and demand that they go back to where they came from? It's the same I'm hearing in Donegal. People are coming over the border to their holiday homes. Why are they not simply sent back home? Hi, Patricia. Well said by that doctor in Connemara. I didn't think the message was harsh at all with this current pandemic. I cannot believe how selfish some people are being. Are they really not getting it? People are dying. We all need to stay at home. Hi, I cook a dinner for an elderly man. Well done. Can I still come out to drop that to him now because of the new rules? Absolutely. The the rules are still in place. There are seven strict, limited exceptions of why you can leave the home. You can go to home to work, obviously, if you're working in an essential service. You can travel for for the purposes of uh, work, uh, but only if you're in the essential services. Um, You may go to work if your workplace remains open and operating. Obviously, that's the 
the, all of the supermarkets and the chemist shops and all of those. You can leave your house for food and household goods or to collect a meal. But one of the ones also on the list is you can leave your home for vital family reasons such as providing care to children, elderly or other other family uh, members or if you're, it says family but it means if you're helping out as well. So what you were doing, absolutely fine. I and mean, if you did get stopped by the guides, you just explain and bring in the elderly man a meal and whatever that's you're, you're doing a really good act of kindness and even if that's outside your two kilometre zone you are you are fine you certainly have permission for that you do it but then you get uh, straight back home Hi Patricia just want to say um, uh, nice thoughts about the radio programme thank you for that I just want to give this a mention because could you say hello to TJ Collins and Richard Berry if you get a chance uh, please so hi to TJ Collins and uh, Richie Berry and one final one morning Trish since the virus arrived no mention of homeless and overcrowding in the A&E's isn't it it amazing I read an article on why we're not hearing about homeless it's because we don't have as many well we still have them homeless but they're they have accommodation. There isn't the big panic for accommodation because obviously there are not people staying in the hotels so the bed, the bedrooms are uh, available. There's also a lot of accommodation available now because we don't have uh, tourists. And as for the A&E's, the A&E's is the really, the A&E's is, is almost the worrying one the A&E's is almost the worrying one. The reason that we don't have A&E's is because people are simply not turning up to the, uh, to, to the A&E. And that is a big, big worry. We've had doctors coming out uh, talking about it. We had Dr Tony Houlihan only mentioned it last week when he became unwell and had to go to the A&E department in St Vincent's in Dublin. He just could not believe when he went in how empty it was. So yeah, that's an on, that's the reason why we don't have a trolley list. We don't have the nurses coming out every day telling us the numbers that are in trolleys. People unfortunately are keeping away from the A&E, which we're told is not the sensible thing to do because the other illnesses and complaints are still out there. 1850 PE Global are recruiting for community nurse and community nurse manager. They also have vacancies for acute and palliative nurses and a pharmacist. Cleaners are wanted for immediate start in the Mallow Bantry and Castle Island area. It's four hours per evening from 8 until 12 midnight, five days a week. And two positions are available to join an existing agri-sales team that's in the North Cork uh, area. You'll find all the details and more job opportunities by going online now. Just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs for more. This is C103. This Good Friday, C103 asks you to do something really good. Really good. Support Cork's frontline legends. Cork's frontline legends. Help raise funds from medical teams going above and beyond to save lives during the COVID-19 pandemic. We all come together. We all come together. We've joined forces with the Mercy Hospital Foundation and CUH Charity to ask you to donate just 19 euro. Just 19 euro. All money raised will support services for medical staff. For medical staff. This Good Friday, click c103.ie and make a one-off donation. Or call 1850-50-96-96. Supporting Cork's frontline legends. With Noel DC Skoda, New Mallow Road, Cork. Proud to get behind those steering us through the COVID-19 crisis. Noel DC.com on C103. 
Cork today on C103. Call Patricia with your comment. 1850-333-103. Now, during this current pandemic, comedy is something that we all need a little bit of to try to take our minds off the challenging times in which we find ourselves in. Comedian Pat Short has started a Wellness Hour podcast and uh, he joins me. Uh, good morning to you, Pat. Good morning, Patricia. Yeah, you're, <laughs> you're, you're laughing already at the idea of a wellness uh, podcast. That's It's the... Now, first of all, it's the Wellness Hour with Pa. Yeah. Boss, boss, boss. It's not an hour. No, it's about to, it can be 26 minutes. But haven't you 34 minutes yourself then? <laughs> <laughs> That's the thinking behind us. And you can do what you want then, you see. You've loads of time in your hands. So it's, it's, it's wellness in that respect. Okay. Apart from that, there's absolutely nothing to do with wellness at all. <laughs> Okay, for, before we talk about it, I take it all your shows had to be cancelled. Are you hoping to reschedule or are they just all gone? Yeah, they're, no, most of them actually are rescheduling all of them as far as right. one or two may be gone just because of the logistics of trying to get them back into the venue. Um, most of the, the venues have offered us a, um, an, an alternative date. I suppose the problem, Patricia, is trying to find that date and when to put it in because it keeps pushing out, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and that's fair enough. We have to stick with it until it's all sorted. So, so it's a difficult time for any um, any theatre around the country or hotels um, trying to reschedule. And I suppose a lot of the hotels have had to lay off their staff, so they have a skeleton staff trying to organise this and a myriad of other things they're trying to do as well, aside from our gigs, which wouldn't be the most important. But anyway, everything is trying to... We're trying to work around everything and, and get our heads around all this uh, as much as everybody else. But sure, I suppose uh, there's other people with bigger problems out there. So. Yeah, and it will all pass and we will all get back yeah. out and we will all get... And we'll have all these shows uh, to look forward to. So how did the podcast come about? Were you doing that before this happened or was it since? I was. I was doing it beforehand. I was working. I, it came about, I, I kind of had the idea for it and I was talking to a friend of mine who's a lecturer in, in uh, LIT in Limerick, Limerick Institute of Technology. And he's got a film department there and he used to work with me years ago uh, on Killing a Scully and that. And I was talking to him about He said, got to be a great project to work with the students at. So I was working with the students up until the college had to shut down, I suppose. And uh, we were we were working on the episodes. And I suppose the whole idea, I don't know, I suppose there's so much talk about wellness and mindfulness and cookery books and God knows what and everything else out there. I just thought I'd have a bit of a laugh uh, with the subject matter and, and have a bit of crack uh, with different characters. So my my uh, podcast, when you mention podcast, I think a lot of people uh, think it's going to be an interview situation, but in my case, I've created a radio-style show where I have different contributors uh, coming on to me. So my, my character, Pa, is the DJ, local uh, radio station in, in rural Ireland, is where I'll put it. And uh, he's, uh, it's like a community station. And he's got contributors coming in uh, doing different things. It's like a magazine show. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Very good, yeah. And I, I suppose my characters are that bit different. I've got a doctor who thinks we should be doing more procedures on ourselves <laughs> and we'd save ourselves a lot of money. So he proceeds to do a procedure on himself live on the radio every week <laughs> and that just turns to disaster as one can imagine. Um, I've got, um, I've got a, yeah, I've got a character, William Lumby, who we, we visit his house every week to, to, to talk to him about mindfulness and well. And every week he's got something new on to go but I think we just catch him at a bad time every week. I yeah. think you'd have to tune in to hear. And, uh, and yeah, I love the uh, the visit to the nursing homes. Oh, away in a home, yeah. Away, away. <laughs> <laughs> that again is is a. 
uh, a guy going the, the, the pa goes to the, to, to do a, a, a weekly interview and chat with a couple of local guys in the, the North Norman so that never turns out right either um, half the time they don't know who he is yeah, <laughs> so, yeah and so, they can't hear him and, he, and he's, yeah, yeah. the hearing aid isn't turned up and, <laughs> and he doesn't have a lot of patience with these poor elderly, no, elderly no. Uh, residents uh, and how many how many of them have you done I've done five and I'm, I'm currently work- I should have to, it's a, I was doing a, a series of six Okay. And we just got cut out in the end of the studio, so I brought home all the files with me. And funny enough, since since the the virus hit and all the gigs have been stopped, I mean, we've just been up the walls in the office. And then a, a, a strange twist, uh, Killing Scully, RT approaches about Killing Scully and some other channels as well, because they know we have a quite a, a, a volume of, of series. We've 35 episodes of Killing Scully there. You see, I, this is a couple of weeks ago now, I think, when the pandemic first started, the amount of people that were contacting us saying, wouldn't it be great if RTE ran some of the old programmes yes. again? And Glenro now was one that was mentioned. But Killing a Scully kept getting mentioned. Yeah. And people were making the point that there is a generation who don't even know what Killing what Killin Scully is. And then oh. I was thinking, I was thinking, but Killing Scully wasn't that long ago. It's, it's 20 years ago. It's 13 years since the last episode went out yeah. at least and we ran for five to six years before us. So yeah, you're right. 20 years since the first series came out. Unreal. I, I can't believe it myself. And I, I started watching it again recently and it's it really stands up and it's great crack and it's great fun. And it's exactly what people need at the moment. A bit of escapism and switch off from the news for a, a half an hour, an hour. Uh, I can assure you when Killing the is over, the, it'll, the bad news will still be there. <laughs> don't oh, no, worry. No. And have, they, have you a date and a time for when they're going to start showing it? I don't. No, I, okay. I, uh, I, it'll be very shortly. I mean, I think you know, I was originally given one or two dates. I won't give a date because uh, uh, I think they may change it and they yeah. may not. But I know they're very keen to get it out on air. I think it's a general consensus. I was talking to some of the executives in RT and they said in the European sense, uh, the European channels are doing something similar. They're bringing back a lot of the nostalgic old comedy shows just to give people a lift and, you know, just to distract them from all the terrible news that's out there. We can't get away from it. We won't get away from it. But we could at least break from it for an hour or two and, and ease ease up things a little bit. You know? And with all the social distancing and the way people are working from home, they're not making programmes anymore. Well, they can't. Yeah, I mean, I was in the middle of a shoot in Belfast when we had to stop and that's not finished. That was due to go out in the autumn, I would imagine, this year uh, on an English channel. And uh, I know there was a big shoot in the west of Ireland for RT. They were starting a drama there and that was cancelled as well. Everything had to stop for obvious reasons. But of course, even when this finishes, it'll only start picking up again. So there's going to be nine months to 12 months at least of, of not being able to see new content on the TV. Only stuff that might have been in the edit rooms yeah. um, that that will be out maybe later this year but it'll be short. And then of course all the sports is gone. Yeah. Uh, uh, everything's gone so there's hours and hours of, of TV time. That, that How many good. episodes of Killing a Scully did you make? We made 35 episodes did you? plus I think four Christmas specials. So I know. And come here knowing RT, we'll get the Christmas specials yeah. as well, which is absolutely fine. Which is absolutely fine. Well, it's it's interesting to say because one of the Christmas specials we had was over a million viewers. I yeah. mean, people forget how big a show. Now it's different times, Patricia. You know, yeah. I mean, we're now into the the time of internet and and on demand television. But we were getting seven hundred thousand viewers a night for Killing the Scully. Come here, well, and as soon as I was talking about Killing the Scully to anyone, the one character that always comes to mind for me, and I couldn't believe how it came to mind for so many other people, is. Goretti. I- <laughs> 
the, the, the power walker. I, I mean, know. It's she, a, she's as relevant today as she ever was. They're still out power walking. Absolutely. And it's funny, I was telling the story to someone the other day the, that the, the, one of the directors we had, we have various direct, directors on it, he was based in England and his partner came over and she, she had seen some of the episodes before she came over and she told me straight out, I didn't get the power walkers. It's very much an Irish phenomenon <laughs> until I was here staying in the hotel and I, she used to travel late to set uh, up to visit us and she said like the women would put the kids to school and they'd all get out and power walk. So uh, no matter what country lane you end up, you've found at least two or three power walkers. <laughs> and we're great. It's a great country. Now more than ever, people are out walking. I, I'd say people walk now that never walked in their life. <laughs> what, 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 what would Goretti make of the two kilometre rule? Would she just keep powering around the two kilometres? Of course she would. She'd yeah. go through a ditch in a dike. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't, I, listen, I'm so looking forward to it coming back. I, I, I really am. Now, the other thing I have to ask you about, tell me about the Sharon Shannon's oh, five, five day challenge. If I could just say, I hate Sharon Shannon. Passion. <laughs> oh, <good> on, Sharon. <laughs> um, she, I've known Sharon for God of oh, donkey's years uh, since early days of the Unbelievables. We've been very good friends. Uh, we all just tour, work the same circuit, Monty and other, but... Um, she she's taken on um, Robbie Henshaw the, the, the rugby player has come up with a, a five day challenge for the charity of his choice of course Cousin uh, is the charity uh, based in Galway so he approached Sharon asked Sharon would she do a five day challenge which is you take up something you've never done before and you try to master it over five days okay. uh, that could be painting a picture playing a mus- musical instrument whatever it is and Sharon then nominated myself Ray Darcy and uh, Nathan Carter uh, to do to be her three nominees and uh, and she herself did electric guitar didn't she's she she's decided to do electric guitar yeah. I in my stupidity I bought a concertina years ago I never never ever played it my grandfather used to play it and I had it in my head I'd love to play a tune uh, yeah. on the concertina and uh, so I said yeah sure, look I'll give the concertina a go <laughs> I swear to God I had it at home the first night I, I had it and I was watching a, a tutorial on the internet and I, I couldn't get the same notes out and I was thinking what's going on it was a half an hour before I had it upside down <laughs> <laughs> and she meanwhile sends me a clip of her playing like fucking rock and roll on the guitar and I'm going I hate you with a passion like she's such a genius musician but that, those that's not the easiest inst- it looks easy no, it's not easy at all. It's not easy. It's an no. absolute nightmare. But I'm determined to keep at it, uh, even if it's three blind mice. Yeah, that's uh, it. And I've nominated Mike Hanran from Stockton's Wing. Uh, okay. Mike is going to play, I think he's going to play uh, Tim Whistler or something on the wow. piano, uh, which he's never played before. And uh, Sarah Green from Dublin Murders, an actress I was actually working with her on the shoot in Belfast before we we had to stop. And we, we did spend a couple of years working on Broadway and West End together. So she um, she's she's going to, I don't know what she's going to do. Um, I'm surprised if she'd do anything. <laughs> <laughs> She's a great cork woman, of course. <laughs> <laughs> she could do anything, and that's the whole. I, I, what I like about this five-day challenge, you can, it's, it can be anything. It could be anything. It can be anything, any, anything that I, you I within the within the two kilometre limit of your home, please. <laughs> <laughs> where where were you based for for lockdown? Well, I'm in in Limerick, yeah. uh, up, up in Limerick, uh, County Limerick. So I, uh, that's my home. And people abiding by the rules and regulations. Oh, I think they are. Yeah, but on the, like, I mean, it's very hard where I'm living. There's about four supermarkets in the area, so there's a lot of traffic. But I assume it's people just driving to the shops. Do you know, <clears throat> um, no more than that. Yeah. But I, I do, I do. I've talked to friends of mine out in rural. Uh, County Limerick and they said yes they are definitely and then they are I mean <clears throat> realistically after 6 o'clock in the city of Limerick it's it's dead you know? yeah yeah we're the, we're the same here in Cork even though we're just it's people in West Cork there's a lot of people heading to holiday homes well yeah I, I mean I think gee, give it 
a break, you know. Yeah. There's plenty of time in the rest of the year for that. Yeah, it's, so I, it's, don't, I don't think you need to do that it's now. It's one year and one year only. Yeah, yeah. And Tim says, is there a low-calorie organic jumbo breakfast roll available? Uh, the B side of the breakfast roll is called the vegetarian roll. <laughs> <laughs> so if we flip this jingle, he'll have it. <laughs> I, I laugh the way every, everyone reckons we're all going to put on so much weight at the end of this lockdown because we just all seem to be eating so much oh, more food than normal. But you listen, we'll, lo- we'll oh, lose look. that afterwards as well. It's a pleasure as always to talk to you, uh, Pat. We oh, look, we so look forward to seeing Kilna Scully back on the TV and really? you back out on the road again, which which hopefully will be won't be too long away. Thanks, Patricia. Good Thanks talk for to taking you. time out. Bye bye, bye bye. The wonderful Pat uh, Short, and we will let you know when uh, Kilna Scully appears back on our screens. I always remembered it as a very very funny series. I can't believe it was from two thousand and four to two thousand and eight was when it ran was when it ran. So there are a younger generation who have never heard of it before. I know when we were talking in the office myself and John Paul and Sadie and I mentioned Sadie had never John Paul remembers it but Sadie doesn't remember it at all she's too young so uh, she's it'll be just interesting to see how a younger generation and I think it'll stand the test of time because I think remember Goretti the power walker I think she's as relevant today it's just if it was today she'd have an iPhone with her she didn't wouldn't have had an iPhone back in 2004 so we look forward to seeing Killing the Scully back on our TV screens 1850 John Paul and Sadie taking your calls text or WhatsApp away it's 6213103. I want to thank the people of Ireland for listening to the advice when it comes to physical distancing, regular hand washing, taking care when sneezing and coughing, and reducing the number of social events and gatherings that you attend. However, we believe we need to do more. So I'm asking you to stay at home, if at all possible. This is the best way to slow the virus, ensure our hospitals are not overwhelmed, and buy us time. Buy us time. We live in challenging times. Look out for each other and stay safe. Be responsible. Follow COVID-19 guidelines and stay with us. We'll update you with the latest advice and measures from official sources. We're online, on your phone, smart speaker and radio. C103. Record today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 086-2103-103. Now, Cork County Council's teen talks events may have been postponed, but as COVID-19 affects our entire community, it's now more important than ever to communicate. So, with details of teen talks, which have now gone online to offer support, I'm joined by Jennifer Barry, a well-known actress with the Young Offenders, and she is one of the guest speakers. Good morning to you, Jennifer. Hi, I'm very, I'm very well. And how are you? Ah, look, making the best of a bad situation, I suppose. And where, where is lockdown for you? You're at home, is it? Uh, well, I'm from Kilbreth originally, yeah, so. So that's, that's where you are at the moment. Now, um, yeah. Yeah, now for people unaware of, of teen talks, um, just outline, what, what have been the original plan for these events? So, what it was supposed to be, Cork County Council set up this thing called Teen Talks. Um, and what it was going to be was a series of events in Cork, um, a series of talks given around the county by guest speakers talking about just general wellness, you know, health, mental health is what I was focusing on. Um, just different things for transition year students mainly, but anyone really, um, just focusing on general health and well-being. Just looking after yourself and, and being aware of mental health, which is, is so important. So the plan now is to take all of these talks and put them online. Yeah, so that's what they've done. Um, Lyle O'Callaghan, who's the coordinator for Teen Talks, decided that, you know, we he, they put so much work into it, they put so much effort into it, so they might as well try to put it online and that's what they've done. 
So we've been doing interviews online with Niall and they've been posted onto the Cork County Council, all the social media pages. Great, great. And what and what's the focus of your talk? Uh, well, mine is mental health. Mental health, okay. And have you have you recorded it already or it's going to be streamed live? Uh, no, it's already been recorded. We just recorded it yesterday. So they're being released during this week, I think. Okay. Um, there'll be a new video released every day with a different speaker talking about different topics. Yeah, I think I think I saw something on Facebook. The first one went up at five o'clock yesterday, so we'll we'll do a check to find out exactly uh, when yours uh, when yours is on. And and mental health, Jennifer, what do you do yourself to look after your own mental health? Well, for me, um, obviously, I I was ill. I had depression and anxiety, and now thankfully, I'm doing much better. Um. For me personally, there are a couple of things I do to look after myself and just keep my mental health in check. Um, exercise is extremely important, I've learned. Um, having a healthy diet as well, because a happy body is a happy mind. Yeah. And as well, opening up and talking. If I ever feel down, if I ever feel sad or anxious, that I think it's so, so important to talk and to not bottle it up. Because the more you bottle it up, the, it just it, it totally heightens inside your head. And is that, do you think for young people that's probably one of the hardest things is to say, I'm not well at the moment, I I need to talk to somebody? Yeah, I definitely think there is a stigma still around that. Like you always hear the word stigma in relation to mental health and people aren't really sure what what it is to do with stigma, but that is definitely one of them. Like young people are just, they feel ashamed, you know, they feel ashamed to open up and speak and there's just, it's really just highlighting the fact that there's nothing wrong. If you feel sad or anxious, there's absolutely nothing wrong with taking a step back saying, okay, look, this is what's going on. Do you mind if I, you know, saying it to a neighbour, a friend, a teacher, saying, look, do you mind if I talk to you about something? And just opening up, because talking is so, so important. That's what young people are scared to do. Because especially as well, adults, you, you, you often hear a lot of adults nowadays say, oh, well, this never happened in my day, you know, we would never have this in my day. And that almost makes us feel bad. It makes us feel guilty. It makes us feel like we're doing something wrong. But that's not the case at all. So I think opening up and just breaking that stigma is very important. I think that's actually what's great about uh, today's young generation, the fact that so many of, and and, and people particularly like yourself, uh, Jennifer, who's so open and public about saying what you've what you've gone through and that it's okay to say I'm not okay and I think it's great that your generation are able to talk about it and that's what was wrong with previous generations people didn't talk about it and it led to huge problems yeah exactly like people were, were the reason that adults say now oh, it would never happen in my days it did scared to talk about it yeah it did happen it absolutely it did happen. absolutely did and f- when you first went public and started talking to people about your depression and your anxiety were you surprised by the reaction you got and and I'm assuming by other people coming saying yeah I know exactly where you've been yeah totally overwhelmed I never expected it to to, to relate to so many people. Um, I was terrified to do it, but there was no one my age that had actually opened up so publicly about it. And I just thought, that just needs to change. Like, like I don't know, I, if, if it made a difference to one person's life, I would be so, so happy. And it, it, it seems that it's made a difference to lots of people. Yeah, so that's terrific. what we need to keep going. We need to keep doing it. We need to keep talking about it. And it's not... It's And you can't... It, one thing that I, before I opened up about it, I was really scared that people were going to just see me as, oh, the girl with, that had depression, the girl that had anxiety. It doesn't define who you are. 
I'm it doesn't it's and it, it's not an illness that defines who you are. You're still your own person and yes, you may change a bit with what goes on while you have depression or anxiety, but that does not define who you are. You are still your own person and what you are feeling will pass. Well said. Well, well said. And young people, do you, do you think many are finding the current lockdown very difficult? I mean, not being able to meet up with friends when you're a teenager is really, really hard. Yeah, of course. No, it's so, so tough for everyone. Um, you know, especially those being the leaving cert as well. Like, they're stuck in a total bubble of the unknown. Um, but even for teenagers, just normally, yeah, of course, it's so, so hard. It's very important that they take care of themselves, really focus on themselves. And you see everyone now on Instagram, you know, posting all these things like, oh, I'm here becoming a baker or a chef. Or if you feel like you can't, if you feel like you're not up to that at all, just don't worry about it. Just take the time to look after yourself. Do what you need to do at this time. While, of course, you know, in line with the measures that the government have yeah, put in place. abiding by everything. And then the, but then there's yes. so many ways today of staying in contact, isn't there? I mean, there's all the different apps that are out there. Uh, you know, there's video calling. You know, you can still be with somebody without physically being in the room with them. Exactly. There's so many great apps now. I know there's one house party. That yeah, that's, new that's the big that's, one. <laughs> that's the big one that everyone's using. But it's, uh, like on top of that, there's so many great apps that have been put in place now. Zoom as well for meetings and stuff like there are ways to still stay in touch and that is so so important as well that you keep in contact with your friends and family just because you can't see them doesn't mean you can't talk to them yeah absolutely absolutely and where are you at with young offenders is there a series three yeah um we actually have already filmed it we filmed it last year okay so it's in post-production now and will be released within the next couple of months hopefully so don't I... don't 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 <laughs> trust me on that but uh, are you think... are you a mammy in this one yeah, <laughs> yeah, I have a little baby there. Yeah, um, yeah, no, they were great. The kids we used, were so, they? Yeah, and I'm assuming it was was it twins they used. No, yeah, they yeah. used a set of twins. Set of yeah. twins, yeah, yeah. They Penny all... and Nola were their names. So they were gorgeous. All right, <laughs> and did you enjoy it? Was 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 that a fun experience? Oh, uh, yeah, no, it was amazing. Chris, who plays Jack, he was actually much better with them than me. I kind of was. <laughs> It was like past the personalised, kind of passing whenever I could. <laughs> <laughs> okay, listen, it's been a real pleasure talking to you, uh, Jennifer. Look after yourself and enjoy the lockdown as well. I think we can all enjoy taking time out, can't we? It's, it's yeah. good for the soul as well. Yeah, it's a bit of me time. You know, it's the time we don't have usually, so we need to focus on ourselves. Okay. Listen, it's a pleasure to talk to you, Jennifer. Thank you for that. Thanks a million. Thanks and uh, bye bye. That is uh, the lovely Jennifer Barry, a well known actress from Young Offenders, part of uh, the Cork County Council's Teen Talks. And if you go on to any of Cork County Council's social media platforms, we'll try and find out exactly when Jennifer's Teen Talk is going up. I know I saw the first went up yesterday at five o'clock, so I'm assuming they probably go up at five o'clock every day. I think it's right across this week, so we'll try and find out exactly when uh, Jennifer's is going up because I imagine a lot of people would like uh, to see and hear her talk uh, on it. 1850 We're still looking for your questions please for Peter Dowdle because he will be joining us in the next hour. So if you have a question for Peter get that in to us. Uh, Lorraine in Newmarket that was on to say Patricia would you give a shout out people a shout out please to my mum and dad and they're Michael and Anne McCarthy they're in Ballycaskin in Carrignavar and they're cocooning. Love and rest wishes and that comes in from Lorraine in Newmarket. See there's another way you can reach out there's lots of ways that we can reach out and still be with 
with uh, people. Morning Patricia, people are saying this virus will be gone in a few weeks. It can't go when there is no cure. I mean, well, the best we can hope for is that they get a vaccine and the sooner that they get the vaccine, then obviously it will go. But in the meantime, we just all have to stop the spread and we have to flatten the curve and there's lots of indications that we are flattening the curve. We just have to continue doing what we're doing. Mary says, hi Patricia, thank you for keeping us up to date on all aspects of COVID-19. We're doing it. We're trying our best, Mary. Uh, I have a friend of mine. She's 77 years of age. She continues to go shopping. She goes to the post office. I keep trying to talk to her about the dangers and why it's important that she cocoons and why it's important that she stays indoors. But she says, no one can stop me. She is tough out. I wonder, could the guards stop her and have a word with her? I wish that they would. We're all cocooning, all trying to do our best and everyone is is great. But you'll still get the odd one who just will not take it on board. How do we get it through to somebody like Mary's friend? Well, with the new rules and regulations that came came into force, breaching the cocooning law, she could technically be fined. It'd be interesting. I don't know if the Gardaí are going to start stopping elderly people. All I will say, Mary, your friend isn't the only one. There are people like that who just do not believe in these restrictions. They've heard about them, but they're not accepting them and they're still continuing to go out. And, you know, they're in place to try and keep her safe. Maybe, maybe she will. She will get the message and stop going out because there's so many people there that can do her shopping and can do all the bits and bobs that she needs uh, to do. You continue cocooning and look after yourself. 1850-333-103. Let's take a break and head to the news at 12 midday. C103 Anthems. Anthems. Weekday mornings from 9 and evenings at 7. Cork's greatest hits. C103. You're listening to Cork Today on replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. I'll ask to give a shout out to all of the workers in Clona Dairies in Clon who are delivering milk, yogurts and much more to all of the supermarkets. Well done and keep up the great work that you're doing. Mary Amala was on to say, did anybody receive the COVID-19 booklet? She she lives in Mallowtown, they haven't received theirs. I haven't received mine either and I checked, we didn't get one here at work either. I don't know if many others have received. This is these, they're they're the yellow COVID-19 booklet that they, and it's well over 10 days ago when Leo Vradkurt won the press conferences was pictured holding up the booklet and saying on post we'll be delivering them to all homes because I know we've had a couple of people contact us because they didn't get the free postcards either if you can try and catch your postman and postwoman and ask them because they were to be delivered free to all houses but I think they were delivered with your post if you didn't get post on the days they were giving out the postcards I suppose that's how some people missed out on the actual postcards but the COVID-19 booklet every household was meant to get one but I'm with you Mary in Mallow I haven't got mine uh, either and the Gardaí have been on just to issue an alert it's a scam alert. Uh, it's a warning about a particularly what they're, they're describing as a, scam, a callous scam relating to the COVID-19 pandemic. It involves people receiving a text message and recommending you self-isolate and asking the person to click on a link. When you click on the link, it's a scam. Delete the text immediately and do not follow the link. And you're asked to please alert your family and friends, uh, particularly the elderly. If you were ever going to be told to self-isolate, say by the HSE, for example, because you've come in contact, maybe through the contact tracing, they found out that you've been in contact with somebody with COVID-19, you'll get a phone call. You will never get a text message to 
telling you to self-isolate. So please spread that word around. That is a new scam doing the rounds at the moment. Let's try and keep everybody safe. Now, I mentioned the A&E departments and how quiet they are at the moment. And the doctors, particularly the doctors, the hospital A&E doctors are getting the message out to people that if you are unwell with non-COVID related illnesses, you still need to come forward. You still need uh, to go to hospitals because hospitals are still operating as normal. And something that has to go on and has to happen on a daily basis is dialysis for patients that need dialysis. Cathy is in Formoy and she's a dialysis patient and she joins me. Good afternoon to you, Cathy. Hello. How, How are you today? Yeah, very well, thank you. Weather nice in Formoy? Oh, it's absolutely gorgeous. It's the sun is shining in the window here, isn't it's it? It's great. Can you get out into the garden at all today? I can. I okay. can indeed. Okay. And I have a dog, so I have to give her a little bit of exercise. Well done. Well done. But well done. I try to stay within Millie. <laughs> she'll be talking about her uh, yeah but I do, I do just try to get out a little bit well done now you attend dialysis tell me where you go for your dialysis and how many times a week to uh, CUH the dialysis unit and how often do you need to go there three times a week oh. uh, we're, we're, my session is the early morning one um, I'm picked up around about mm, quarter twenty past six in the morning, and uh, there are others in the taxi with me. Obviously, they don't just put on one taxi, one person, and uh, yeah, they take us up for dialysis. And where um, hygiene up there is absolutely unbelievable uh, at the moment, but it was always good anyway. But it was the masks were the, well, I don't know, I, I said I'd best ring and mention it to you. I, <clears throat> I'm i kind of handy with sewing machine. I decided to make a few masks. Great. And I know there's a lot of people around the country doing the same thing. And a nurse told me above yesterday when I was on dialysis that they would be no good against the virus. And did she explain why? Uh, she didn't, and I actually didn't ask. Um, I'm presuming that they're, I don't know, surgically treated with something or other, the the, the proper ones. Hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I was a bit disappointed. Um, yeah, because well, you see, there's the, you, you, we're hearing so many different sides to should you wear masks and should you not wear masks, to the point that the World Health Organization is now taking a look at at whether they will advocate all of us to wear the cloth ones, exactly the ones that you're talking about, because any of the surgical ones and the medical ones, they need to keep for staff. And we know there's a worldwide shortage, so they don't want everybody going out suddenly trying to buy the medical ones that are needed for the hospital. So what they're looking at are the cloth ones that, that you're talking about. Um, I, as to whether they won't protect us from COVID-19, I think the problem with it is if you wear one of those masks and you end up with COVID-19, the virus, on your, ha- on your hands and then when you're taking the mask off, if, the, if your hands go then anywhere near your face, you'll get the virus in. I think that's what the problem with the masks are. But the actual wearing of it, there's, some people take comfort from the fact that they're wearing of it and thinks it makes them feel safer. Now, they do supply us with one mask per day okay. in the dialysis unit. We're supposed to wear it leaving home 
um, in the taxi all the way through the dialysis session and all the way home again. And then we're supposed to dispose of it. And and you know the reason for that is is in case you have the virus. That's to stop you spreading yes. it to somebody else. Yes. Yeah. Um, and of course, the fact that I am in a hospital, uh, not exactly up against other people, but at the same time, in, in amongst a lot of other people, including nurses. Mm. So I suppose, and what would you call it, cross-contamination? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Um, yeah, so, but they're really fantastic about it. But I was so disappointed because um, we, our lovely tea lady that was on uh, Sunday morning, um, she uh, had a lovely mask, a homemade mask, obviously. It looked obvious, like, and mm. I was admiring it, and she said, that uh, her cousin made it and she was making 300 for the unit. And I said, oh, my God, what a wonderful idea. Mm. And now I'm thinking, are they going to be any good for the unit? No, they, they will. I mean, they would still be good in that. I think I think probably what the nurse was trying to get across is that by wearing a mask, that does not mean you are 100% not going to get COVID-19. But wearing the mask, it certainly will, if you start to cough or sneeze, it'll certainly stop you passing whatever germs that you have on yourself. And the yeah. other reason for wearing the mask, some people say, it stops you putting your hand anywhere near your mouth or your nose if you have it on. But it's when you take it off, you just need to be very careful that your hands are spotlessly clean. But looking at the hospital itself, um, is it quieter than normal up there? Oh, very, very quiet. Yeah. Very quiet. Big signs as you go in the main entrance, um, about the the uh, virus and about no visitors and um, the security has been well up there as well. Uh, before, um, if, if one needed assistance getting from the taxi to the um, dialysis unit, uh, the taxi driver could drive you up uh, in in a chair. Mm. Um, but now they're only barely allowed inside the front door and no further. Wow. Even at that, I'm not sure they want them inside the front door, you know. But definitely keeping everyone as much as possible away. Yeah, they're protecting everyone, which is what they have to do. Which yeah, is, and, 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 to. and if we all play by the rules, we'll get out the other side of this and life will return to normal. Well, I'm hoping so anyway, Patricia. I think we're all hoping that um, I am in that age group where I am kind of confined. Uh, okay. But what? I'm not doing too bad at all. Well done. Well done. Well done. You look after yourself, Cathy, and it was lovely to talk to you. Thank you very and much. And have a happy okay. Easter. Be God bless. Thanks a million. Thanks a million. Bye bye. Some of your, uh, that's uh, Cathy in Formoy who goes regularly for dialysis and those types of procedures obviously have to keep going. Let me just take a quick look at some of your texts. Uh, Michael says, Hi Patricia, I'm delighted that Minister Harris signed the bill into law last night which gives the Gardaí the powers to deal with recklessly minded people who blatantly have no respect for the people of West Cork over the last few weeks and it's getting more obvious on the ground every day. They show little or no respect for the people who live here all of their lives through thick and thin in good times and in bad times. Those that have taken that blatantly irresponsible chance of coming here in this most serious viral pandemic times should immediately pack their bags and get the hell out of there before the Gardaí come knocking on their doors and have some bit of respect for the ordinary people who live here. The penalty for this should be prison and a hefty fine. Thanking you, says uh, Michael. 
Hi, uh, Patricia. Just listening to your program about the subject of those working and on pensions and not getting the €350. Surely they should be getting something after all the help after all their help will be needed again and this brings me on to all of the people who go out to work every day these people should be rewarded and some extra cash extra money for what they are doing um, please try to speak with the powers that be perhaps the TD that was on your programme because you maybe get some exemption on income tax uh, etc OK this question's coming in from Peter keep those coming oh Patricia says Heidi some of the texts coming into your programme uh, today people really need to stop and think before they send a te- text particularly the person who suggested that old age pensioners should give back half of their pension because they're not spending money poor old folks just because they're old yet they still need to pay their bills they still need to to buy food so in the comments were just downright stupid Hi Patricia my name is Michael I'm a 65 year old and I'm self-employed have been since 1980 I applied for the 350 euro as I've had to close my business I applied on paper and then which I personally handed into the FMOI office I got a phone call last Friday to say I needed to reapply and I needed to reapply online which I did I still don't have any money into my bank account any any advice on what to do phoning FMOI is not helping Okay Michael if you applied last Friday the close off for the payment for this week was last Thursday so you were just outside of by close of business on Thursday all of the applications in got paid yesterday so people who applied after close of business on Thursday which would be a good self applying last Friday it'll be next Tuesday before the money arrives into your account and once all of you're meeting all of the rest of the criteria and you seem like you are, then your payment will be there. You have another week to wait. It'll be next uh, Tuesday. Hi, Patricia. Please don't read out my name. My husband is 67 in June and I'm 60. We run two successful businesses, both businesses. Now, unfortunately, I've had to shut down for the lockdown. My husband has a reduced pension of €223 Euro a week and I have a small pension from the UK. It's about €100. Euro. His ongoing business expenses, they have not stopped because of the lockdown and they're over €550 Euro per month. Last year was our first year where we reached the VAT threshold. Revenue were paid €3,500 the day before the shutdown. It seems most unfair that he's entitled to uh, nothing. There's so many anomalies like that, I have to say, that are coming to, to the fore and I think they're going to be looked at. I, I really do think that they, they're, they're going to be looked at, at because Sharon in Lep uh, says, how about students getting the payment? It just seems ridiculous. Students getting €350 Euro a week when some of them were earning as little as 60 to €100 Euro per week doing a weekend job. It seems absolutely crazy. Hi Patricia, I know some people own their own holiday homes but what about the people who are renting out houses to holiday makers? Do the holiday home owners renting out to those people also have a role to play in this? If they, they said there was no availability, surely that would reduce the numbers of people who are coming in to West Cork. And Noreen says, I live near Blarney and the whole village is shut down except for our local Centra shop. So you wouldn't expect to see any tourists around the place, would you? But every day I'm seeing camper vans with yellow reg plates driving around the village. Are they allowed? Yes, and they are allowed. I mean, there's people still coming into the country. It's hard to believe, but there seems to be people coming in on the ferry. We haven't shut down our borders. We haven't said to people they can't come. And when people come to this country or arrive back from another country, what we're asking them to do is self-isolate for two weeks. But that's 
you're asked to do it. You're not being forced uh, to do it. Patricia, no cars need to be out on the road over Easter Sunday and this weekend as it's a public holiday. Unless they have a letter to say they're part of the essential services, everyone should be forewarned of serious consequences if they do go out and about and they choose to disregard this advice. On the spot fines should be issued immediately. So many of us are making a huge effort to try and eliminate this virus and selfish people are prolonging the uh, isolation by disregarding the lockdown rules and therefore they and therefore are making it harder on everyone. And just a final one, Patricia, there was a doctor on the Tonight Show last night with Ivan Yates and he made a very interesting point. We're all hearing from Simon Harris about more restrictions and more and restrictions being extended and more powers being given to the Gardaí but there is no positive vibes coming from him or maybe a hint of when things might change. His point was there's only so much people can take and it might lead to major mental health issues I didn't get the name of the doctor, but I thought it was a good uh, point. Well, I think that's why they didn't come in initially and say these restrictions are going to be in place for a month. I think they're easing in the restrictions bit by bit. I mean, certainly the more extending the powers to the Gardaí, they didn't want to do do that. They held back on doing that so that they could see if people were going to abide by the rules. And then unfortunately, when they didn't, that's when they then suddenly had to go in and say, well, now we've no choice, but we have to put these powers in place. 1850 Looking for your gardening questions, Peter Dowdle will join us. Text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103. The C103 Cork Diary. With Cork County Council. Supporting businesses, supporting communities, serving Cork. Visit corkcoco.ie. Uh, Nursing Homes Ireland, they're appealing to ex-healthcare staff and others who have the skills to support nursing homes in meeting the care needs of our elderly population during the COVID-19 emergency. People in our communities can make a huge difference to the lives of older people during this health emergency and Nursing Home Ireland want to hear from you. More information, you can register your interest at www.nhirerecruitment.ie. For listeners who are cocooning at the moment and need physiotherapy, you can contact Carberry Physiotherapy free of charge. They're posting a list of HSE validated exercises on the Carberry Physiotherapy Facebook page to encourage older people to maintain mobility. And we have a list of community groups that are helping in your area. Anybody looking for a helping hand in the Barry Rower Court McSherry area, give Thomas a call at 085-8503509. While the Bantry branch of the Irish Red Cross, they're available to help with shopping, etc. Our members of the Together for Bantry Hospital Group also available. Call 087 This Good Friday, C103 asks you to do something really good. Really good. Support Cork's frontline legends. Cork's frontline legends. Help raise funds from medical teams going above and beyond to save lives during the COVID-19 pandemic. We've joined forces with the Mercy Hospital Foundation and CUH Charity to ask you to donate just 19 euro. Just 19 euro. All money raised will support services for medical staff. For medical staff. This Good Friday, click c103.ie and make a one-off donation. Or call 1850 50 96 96. We all come together. Supporting Cork's frontline legends. With no DC Skoda, New Mallow Road, Cork. Proud to get behind those steering us through the COVID-19 crisis. No DC.com. On C103. 
For C103 photos, videos and more, follow us on Instagram and get a good look at what's going on across Cork. Search Instagram for at C103 Cork. Record today on C103. Call Patricia with your comment. 1850-333-103. I've just spotted a text in from Dennis in Cork who was on, just wants to say a big thank you to our own uh, Sadie who sorted out that uh, the bicycle for him, the exercise bike that he needs at the moment. And he just wants to say a big thank you. Stay safe, uh, Dennis, and stay healthy. That's what it's all about. On post have been back. There will be restricted mail services. This is for people who are wondering whether there'll be post on Good Friday. Restricted mail service on Good Friday. Deliveries in urban areas nationwide. And they include all of the large uh, county towns. There will be limited parcel deliveries on Saturday as well. On post, absolutely working flat out. And Cork County Council have been in to say in recent weeks they've seen an increase in illegal dumping, littering and misuse of street bins for household waste. They say they're monitoring the situation and they're working really hard to keep our streets clean. Will people please stop dumping rubbish? And Margaret actually was on about dumping rubbish at the old graveyard in Donwell to say how disgusting can people be? There's an old grey, I was in the old graveyard in Donwell today. Do you honestly think it's okay to take items off your loved one's grave and then throw them to one side and leave them for somebody else to clean up. We all have people buried there and your actions are showing total disrespect to them as well as to your own. Why bother? Why do you think it's up to somebody else to clean up after you? You are certainly not respecting your own loved ones that are buried here are the pers- are the people we all miss and that's from Margaret and Donwell. Well put uh, Margaret, thank you for that. Uh, keep your gardening questions coming in because Peter Dowdell will be joining us uh, in about five or ten minutes. Now yet another local school have stepped up to the mark with an offer of making 3D visor masks for our health professionals who are working at the cold face of the COVID-19 pandemic. Joining me from Skultrasa in Kanturk is Niall Collins who is the engineering teacher at the school. Good afternoon to you Niall. How are you Patricia? I'm just I'm very well. Is it Neil or Niall? It's Neil. Niall. Niall, it is Niall. I got it right. How are you, Niall? I'm, I'm, well, I'm well, thank you. Now, who came up with the idea, Niall, of making the, the masks uh, at the school? I'll tell you now what happened. Uh, I'm teaching engineering, as you mentioned, and Billy, Billy Murphy is also teaching. Billy's Burberry. I'm from Belly Desmond. And Billy is teaching there also. And Liz O'Keefe from Cantork, she approached Billy. She heard that we did a 3D printer in school. And she asked Billy, would we be able to help out and make some face shields uh, for the local hospital in Cantork and maybe for local GPs and maybe Mill Street and the various nursing homes, the community hospital in Mill Street and the, the various nursing homes in uh, Newmarket and in Borway. And that's how it started? That's how it started, yeah. That's how it started. And so where do you we, get the materials for making these 3D masks? Well, that, 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 was, that was the problem, I suppose, the first problem we had to, to, to face. We... I got the plastic from a, a company in, Sli- in uh, Sligo uh, called Sligo Grass and we'd source all the other materials locally so we got on to Francis Keneally in Cantork Central Stores he gave us the Velcro and the elastic we needed Donna Herring and Scully's provided the, the material for the face shields and Carmel or uh, the secretary in the school for the accounts she got on to our contacts that we have in the school down through the years and she sourced all the material for us. So even though all those businesses are closed for walking business, they're open online, a lot of them. Yeah. And we were able to source, source material that way. And who's so, covering the cost? At the moment, the school is. 
Well done. Well done. Yeah. Well yeah. done. John Murphy's the principal in the school and he's the management. They're funding everything at the moment. So it's great. And we're very thankful, obviously. And it's uh, it's great to get the help out. Uh, and are they, are they talk me through the procedure of making these masks. These are the, the visor one that you will see uh, whenever they show any of the shots inside in an ICU anywhere around the world. You'll see the staff have these. It's like a visor. That's right. Yeah, Cassie, that was on there now. Previously, she was talking about a face mask, mask that you stitch, and you just you you tie it onto the back of your head and covers your mouth. Yeah, we our visor is actually a face. It's the face shield. It covers your entire face. Okay. So with the three D printer we have in the school, what we do is we have a program on it. It takes about forty forty two or three minutes to make one visor. The visor is very like a baseball cap, except there's no top on it. So yeah. it's got the band that goes around your head and you've got a peak sticking out. And the the clear plastic thing is attached onto the peak. That's that's how we do it. Um, it's made from a plastic. The, uh, the visor itself is made from a plastic. It's melted on a 3D printer and it takes a while to form it. And you just clip on the, uh, the visor parting afterwards and we take them off to the various... Uh, services that need them. Are they, reuse- you know? are they reusable? Could they be? Well, we were talking to the, the local GPs and what they're inclined to do is they're going to reuse the, the visor part yeah. and they're going to replace the plastic see-through part that's in front of your face. Okay. Um, now, it's, uh, as you mentioned about surgical masks, these are not surgical devices. These are just for protection. Yeah. Say if you're working in reception, if you're working maybe just a one-on-one with a patient, if you're not carrying any procedures. And look, I'm no expert in this, obviously, so this will be up to the, the doctors and the GPs and the nurses to see how how, fit to, how best to use them. And they all they they all seem to be screaming out for them, um, Niall. They need them. They're not. I mean, we know that the PPE that's coming in from China, it has to go into the hospitals. It has to go into the ICU units and the frontline staff and the hospitals, and that's understandable. But we forget about the GPs and the nursing and nursing homes. God knows, nursing homes need them. You would. I, I look. We heard yesterday. I was twenty six. That yesterday, unfortunately, twenty seven of those were in the east. So that tells us that you know, rural Ireland at the moment seems to be escaping. At the moment, you know, obviously we're not going to uh, preempt anything, but it gives us a chance to stockpile with this yeah. with our own PPE, and that's what we're trying to do. And I suppose. Now that I'm on your show, it would be brilliant if we could get other schools or other people that have access to 3D printers. I mean, if we got one more 3D printer up and running in other schools, that that would double our our, our output. Do a lot of schools have 3D printers? They do. Do they? Okay. More and more. Um, I saw Kinsale now we're doing a lot of work on it. We spoke with Kinsale last week, funny enough. Yeah, Yeah, we did. Uh, I think think they're having trouble uh, sourcing some visors but hopefully they got, they got that sorted I know there's I was trying to set up in Hartstown in Dublin uh, during the week uh, Conor Barry was his name and I know he's he's producing a lot of them but schools might have few printers but they might have one or two Yeah. so I suppose what we need to do really is, is if we could get even if we could get five or six schools on board now just after this this show like that would that would really increase our output and that would really make things uh, to give us uh, to give us a safety net for our, our local GPs and our local hospitals, yeah. 
if do if things do do uh, take a drop and, and, and in particular our lo- our local nursing homes because up to yesterday sixty seven nursing homes are battling outbreaks of coronavirus. Yeah, I'm not saying they're all in this this area, but when I did an interview um, last Friday with Nursing Homes Ireland, we were at twenty four uh, clusters in nursing homes, and we yeah. thought that was a shocking figure. That's gone to sixty seven. You know, it's just we that, need that's, to that's we need to get scary. in there and, and get them the equipment that. They need. Okay, listen, yeah. it's it's fantastic. It's a brilliant initiative. Well done. Let's hope other schools pick up on it. And as you say, those three D printers, because the schools are closed or lying idle, we might as well put them to some use. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. All right. So look, if it's okay with you, I'm really my details there. Yeah, absolutely. We have them all on file. We have them all on file. Niall, thanks a million and stay thanks safe. Very thanks a million. Bye bye. Uh, Niall Collins, engineering teacher at Colosh de Trasse in Cantorque. Let's put the shout out to any other secondary schools anywhere across Cork City county have you a three 3d printer that you'd be willing to put to use and uh, we'll put you in contact with Nile. it would be great and thank you to Eileen in, in Cove who said our great postman Donal delivered our COVID-19 uh, leaflet so they are out there they're not completely all around the county but they certainly are in uh, some areas so it's, it's good to hear that people are receiving them OK a lot of questions coming in for Peter keep those coming in to us this is a kind of a gardening question and kind of not a gardening question uh, let's see if we can put this out and can we get help for Theresa Theresa is in Clonakilty. She said, I'm in my late 70s, very limited mobility and I'm living alone. My grass is growing by the day and I can't do anything about it. My grass cutter let me down badly last year. So the one third acre lawn is an absolute mess. I found somebody who says he will cut it, but he can't do it because of the travel restrictions. He actually lives over 20 kilometres away. Surely this is an essential service. I don't have a mowing machine of my own, so I can't get out and do it myself. And anyway, Teresa said she has limited mobility. If somebody can came to cut the grass there'd be absolutely no contact Teresa would stay inside so there would be no chance of you know social distancing and all of that she'd stay indoors I can't see what the problem would be surely it's an essential service for the elderly can anybody in the Clonakilty area offer help to Teresa she badly needs to have her grass cut um, there's got to be somebody in the Clonakilty area and I know there's lots of community groups working and the Clonakilty area would be one of the areas would there be anyone around would be able to go out and cut Teresa's grass as you say you don't have to come in contact with her she'll stay indoors just to give her that even that first cut for her because it does seem One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes Nice dress uh, it's, a, it's a t-shirt Until you tried it on same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves. Feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Like the lawn and it's a quarter of an acre so it's a big enough lawn. So we'll give the shout out to see if there's anybody out there who wants to do their act of kindness on behalf of Teresa and we can put you in contact with Teresa. This is the Court Today replay on C103. Connect with C103 on Twitter. Find all the latest news and sport and stay in touch with what's happening across Cork. Search for our Twitter handle at C103 Cork. Record today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 086 I'm still getting texts and calls in about the post office uh, with the latest one saying, Patricia, the post office is paying out the old age pension tomorrow, Thursday. I heard you say the post office is only open on this Friday, which is Good Friday until one o'clock. Just wondering. Yes, they are. They're paying everything a day in advance. If you normally pick up a social welfare tomorrow, Thursday, you can pick it up today. And if you normally pick up a uh, social welfare payment on Friday, you can pick it up tomorrow, Thursday. But they will will be open Friday morning until one o'clock and Mary in Mallow is on and I know we had some people yesterday on about this as well wondering is the recycling centre in Mallow that's due to open on a Friday is it open this Friday because a good Friday we're still waiting on a reply from Cork County Council we may not have it by the close of the programme today uh, but if we don't we will get, get it to you tomorrow let's go to uh, Peter Dowdell the Irish Gardener.com. good afternoon to you Peter Good afternoon, Trish. How are you? I, I'm very well and you're very welcome. And we have so many questions uh, coming in uh, to us. Lots of people are out in the garden. The weather is just glorious, isn't it? The whole world is on gardening leave and now the weather is, is, is playing its part as well. It's gorgeous. OK, let's get straight into questions. Jerry says, could you ask Peter, please, what's, the be- what's best to feed rhododendrons with and what kind of conditions would you recommend for Flame of the Forest? Many thanks and happy Easter. That's from Jerry. Well, happy Easter to Jerry too. And and both Flame of the Forest, which is a pyrus, and rhododendrons, but they both like exactly the same conditions. So what you would feed them with, you need to think about what they need. So the reason I kind of go back a step is because if you can give them the right conditions, day one, you may not need to feed them. So what they like is an acid soil, Trish, which is a soil with a pH of seven or just below. Seven is neutral and below seven is acidic, which is what we want, or particularly what rhododendrons and, and pyrus forest flame want. So they want acid conditions. They want... Shelter from the early morning sun, so they don't want to be facing east or due south. Uh, the reason for that is because they, they produced their flower buds last autumn for opening this spring. And when we have that frosty weather between autumn and spring, it burns those buds. And then when the sun comes out, like today, beautiful, bright sun, it just, it, you know, there was no frost this morning, obviously, but it thaws it out too quickly. It burns the flower. So you don't want it to be facing south or east. Um, a good acidic soil. Uh, um and not overly water retentive. So it doesn't want to be a waterlogged soil. So if you can give it those conditions, then as they establish and as they mature, they shouldn't need any feeding. However, if they are struggling or if they're new plants, give them an, uh, an acid or an ericaceous plant food, which is just something with the containing sequestered iron, which gives them iron to the plant at the, at the wrong pH, if you like, is the kind of easiest way of putting it. So something with sequestered iron in it, uh, uh, 
from March through the growing season. So kind of depending which product you're using, fortnightly or monthly throughout the growing season. And then in the autumn, come July, August, September, that's when you need to feed them with something like sulfate of potash uh, or the nature safe tomato food, which is a very high potassium organic feed. Um, and that will help promote uh, flower buds for next spring. Okay, Eileen says, could you please ask Peter to name shrubs for bees? Um, About one metre max in height. Hopefully I'll be able to buy some soon, says Eileen. So what kind of shrubs would attract bees? Well, yes, hopefully he will be able to buy them soon. And there's obviously hundreds or there's thousands of of shrubs and plants that will attract bees. The, The... the, the things to remember without going through an exhaustive list, the things to remember are the simpler flowers, the better. So if something's like, um, like we were just talking about rhododendrons there, rhododendrons appear as are good for bees, they, they'll get too big, of course, they'll get higher than the meter. But if you look at, if you can imagine something like a camellia with the, the double flowering, the ruffled centered camellia, things like that, they're no good for bees because they find it very hard to get the pollen. So the simpler the flower, the better. Uh, something like a very simple dahlia flower or a cosmos flower, Oh, no, they're not shrubs, but they're all simple flowers that the bees find very bright, very attractive and very easy to get the pollen or the nectar from. So uh, simple flowers are the first thing to remember. If possible, it's a native plant, but I mean, there's ongoing discussions about that, how important native is. Uh, but if possible, native plants, the, the what they're finding in studies of there's, there's, there's some brilliant people in universities over in the UK here, too, obviously, but they're doing a study on in, in one of the universities in the UK about what plants are most attracted to bees. And they're kind of working backwards. So they're getting honey and then they're tracing the DNA backwards to find what plants they're coming from. And they're finding during the winter months that the things they're feeding on most of all are alder and willow and those kind of flowers. Now, if you know them, Trish, or if you're familiar with them, they're very like catkins. Again, the 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 nectar and pollen is just falling off them. So it's again, it's simple plants. I'd look at, to get specific on the collar things, look at things like hebes, uh, lavender, uh, single roses, uh, viburnums, a simple viburnum, simple flowering viburnum. As I say, there's loads, but just bear in mind that to try and keep the flowers very, very simple. Okay. Hi, uh, this is from Eileen. Could Peter let us know where where you can buy vegetable seeds or cabbage plants online during lockdown. I'm enjoying my extra time in the garden so I thought I might start a little vegetable patch. That's from Eileen. Eileen, I'm afraid you are with I was going to say half the country, you were with 18 to 90% of the country who thought it would be a good idea to try a vegetable patch and you just won't get them at the moment. Um, raised beds are sold out everywhere. My own store, we do raised beds and vegetable seeds. We're completely out of them and we won't be back up and running until the lockdown is over, until supplies can get into us. Um, I have a post up if you want to have a look at it. It's on my own Facebook page, Irish Gardener, where I've asked, uh, I've given the opportunity, if you like, to anybody who is retailing and doing online sales to put up their links on, on it. So if you're on Facebook, have a look at my page, Irish Gardener, you'll see the post. Um, and there are a few garden centres around Limerick and Cork that are delivering, but I don't know if you'll actually get vegetable plants delivered. I know Hanley's and Cork may be doing it, but but I think they're only doing the essentials like fuel. Um, most garden centres are, are playing by the rules, I'm glad they're to say. And that they're, yeah, they're conscious of the fact that the, 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 the more the better behaved they are now, the quicker this is all over. So I think you're going to find it impossible, I'm afraid. OK, and Eileen listening to us in the city says, I've got tomato liquid seed, tomato liquid feed, I'd say that's meant to be. Uh, I have it a good few years. I'm wondering, will it still be effective? It's there about seven or eight years. It's just d- difficult to get at the moment. And I'm wondering, could I still use it? 
Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, I mean, its effectiveness may diminish somewhat over the years, but there will still be nutrient value in it. A liquid tomato food like that, I'd say, would be pretty much as much as good now as when you bought it. I'd say you'd be fine. Hi, Peter. Any advice for reducing or getting rid of grass growing up with my ground cover contoniaster? This, yeah, this, this, this goes back, you know, the, the caller doesn't want to hear this, but this goes back to when the job is being done day one. It's crucial, really essential that the preparation is done properly. And that's not to say it wasn't in this case. I'm not, I'm not suggesting that. But uh, when you get ground cover plants beginning to do what they're supposed to do, which is cover the ground and form a carpet, if there's weeds coming up in between them, then number one, it looks unsightly, and number two, it's next to impossible to eradicate them. So before planting, if anybody is looking at planting Cotoneaster or other ground covers, make sure now before you plant them that the ground is weed-free, because believe me, it's much easier to do it now than it is in this situation when the, when the plants are already knitting together. All you can do, I'm afraid, there is no magic wand on this one. You've got to get in there with a shovel, with the trowel, hands and knees, get down and dirty, get the grass out. If it means cutting back Cotoneaster here and there to get to it, I would advise you to do it because if you don't get it out properly now, the problem's only going to get worse. But I'm afraid, uh, I suppose, look at the positive. Make use of the make use of the fact that you have so much time now because we are in lockdown. You can get out and do it, uh, but there's no magic wand for it, I'm afraid. It's a bit of donkey work. And glorious weather this week, so, so make hay while the sun shines. Uh, Sheila says, hi, Patricia. Question for Peter. When, what's the best month to trim back a mature Leyland hedge? You're too late to do that now anyway because of the Wildlife Act. The best months to do it, I would say to you, would be kind of second half of February, just before the, the, the spring growth starts. And, and if you want to then, if it gets a bit untidy then during the summer, if you wanted to give it a trim back, then come late September, October uh, through the winter. But end of February would be the, the best time to do it, I would say. Peter, I have several small single primrose plants still in their pots, now losing their flowers. Can I leave them in the small pots indefinitely uh, or do they need feeding? They need feeding or planting out. Now, it depends if they're, sorry, let me rephrase that. If they are actually primroses, the common yellow primrose, which is a plant called Primula vulgaris. If it is that, then no, they won't need feeding at all. Uh, I would advise planting them out, though, because they'll probably get too big for the pot, or the pot, when they're small pots, they also risk drying out too much during the summer uh, or getting too wet during the winter. So I probably would plant them out. If they're the the, the kind of F1 hybrids, the, the primulas that you are, the primroses that we w- you would have got in a garden centre with all the lovely different colours, blues and reds and, and different shades, well, those F1 hybrids tend not to come on that well year after year. So if, if it is one of the F1 hybrids and if it is growing in a pot, I would suggest giving it a bit of feed and it will need a bit of TLC to get it through from year to year, whereas the wild one obviously won't. OK, and one yeah. final one. Um, I dumped the lawn cuttings in a corner and two fir trees have died nearby. The grass is two feet from the trees. It's in a dry corner. Was it last year's drought or could it have been seepage from the lawn cuttings? I wouldn't think it'll be seepage so much. Like the, the lawn cutting would would generate quite a lot of nitrogen. There would be ammonia then leaching into the soil. So, I mean, it's on, on. It's possible. It is possible that it's from the lawn cuttings, but it's unlikely. Being honest with you, and I imagine when they talk about last year's drought, I presume they mean 2018's drought because we didn't really get one last year. Um, 2008. I would say the drought of 2018, depending on how old the trees were. Like if they were mature trees, 10 years or, or more, it would be unlikely to be drought damage, even though that summer was quite severe. Um, but if, they're, if they were less than 10 years or certainly less than five years old, I would be very, uh, it would most likely be the drought. 
if you're if you're anyway unsure if that's where you're dumping the grass clippings I would dump them somewhere else because it is possible that it's them and also dumping grass clippings in a situation like that where it's just on their own and they're not being mixed in with other compostable material you do lead to um anaerobic conditions which aren't good conditions because the the the, the grass just gets sodden and wet and smelly much better to mix grass clippings with with more more open material like twigs and and mulch and branches and things like that and it'll all you'll have a better air circulation in your compost okay. then Okay, all right, that's where we leave it. Listen, have a great week. And, and enjoy happy Easter, Easter before we forget. And many yeah. happy returns. We'll talk to you next week. Cheers, Thanks bye-bye. a million. Bye-bye. Peter Dowd of theirishgardener.com. I've just spotted a text in saying, Trish, I'm in the Dohollow area. I'm suffering from a severe toothache. Oh, bless your heart. Is there a dentist working in the area? There, if you contact the Mallow Primary Health Centre, uh, certainly when we were dealing with emergency dental work during COVID-19, because obviously dentists are closed. I would also suggest if you have a local dentist, I don't know where in Dohollow you are, ring your local dentist. They may be providing emergency service, but that if you get on to the Mallow Primary Healthcare Centre, certainly there was an emergency dentist operating there last week, and my heart goes out to you. Nobody wants to be putting up with a severe uh, toothache. Okay, that's where I leave you for today. My thanks once again to John Paul and uh, to Sadie for answering the phones today. Thank you to everybody. Lots of calls and texts coming in. Our apologies if we didn't get around to all of them. Mark Malone is with you for the afternoon sitting in for Nick Richards. I'll be back with you tomorrow morning for Thursday's edition of the programme. Until then, I'm Patricia Messenger. Stay safe and wash your hands. Make C103 part of your drive home with up-to-date traffic information and local news, your input in selecting our feel-good song of the day, plus our feel-good story and as many of Cork's greatest hits that we can fit into three hours. Join me, Martina O'Donoghue, every weekday from 4 to 7 on C103. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.,